kind of a fun little quote that I devised for this episode. So if you'll bear with me, um, this was uh, said by uh, Jamie Kennedy. You'll understand really? it in one second. <laughs> Jamie <laughs> Kennedy people. playing a character in a movie. Okay. <clears throat> There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a horror movie podcast. For instance, number one, you can never have sex on mic. Big no-no. <laughs> sex equals death. I'm looking at you, Carlos. Okay. <laughs> make it very awkward to try to edit out of the episode. Number two, you can never drink or do drugs. The sin factor. Your words were slur. And you will make editing for Jake very, very hard. It's a sin. <laughs> it's an extension of number one. And number three, never, ever, under any circumstance, say, I'll be right back in the middle of the podcast. Because you won't be back. You'll ditch us on mic <laughs> to make us look like <laughs> a couple of buffoons. Those are the rules for the cult episode today on the Cinnabums. Um, if you didn't know, that's from the all motion right. picture stream. <laughs> um, <laughs> one of my favorite horror movies of all time. Welcome back, everybody. To With that being said, I'll be right back. <laughs> Do like Matthew Lillard did in the movies. I'll be right I'll back. Be um, so happy October. Obviously, we're still doing horror movies. Uh, today, we're going to be doing our top five personal cult classic uh, horror movies. We got a great lineup of people that have been on the show before. I love all three of them very much. We got Charlotte, the lovely Charlotte. We got Ant-Man, and we got this guy named Carlos. He's been on a few times. Um, <laughs> thank you all so much for coming back. I, I always appreciate it. Um, much or, love, much love. Thank you. Um, yeah, of course. Um, I guess we'll dive right into it because uh, we got a lot of movies to talk about. We all have our personal top five cult horror movies, but I, I, I think I would be remiss if I didn't just, we didn't define what cult, classic horror movies are um and what our personal definitions are of them um i feel like ant-man might know the best out of all of us he's a wise man so i'm gonna go to you first like what's your personal definition of cult horror and what do they mean to you as a film lover all right so my personal definition would be um Something that maybe when it initially came out was a dud or kind of unknown. And as time went on, it created some sort of a a following, a cult following, if you will. Um, not necessarily like givens, you know, like we already talked about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and stuff like that. Those are givens. Those are great. They are a kind of cult horror to an extent, but that's not like my definition. I'd like to dive a little bit deeper into the cesspool of horror to, to find some stuff. So yeah, that, that would be mine. Just a uh, total utter failures that fell into film uh, obscurity that weirdos like me happened to come across it many years later and uh, dug it out. Mm -hmm. And thanks to companies like, like uh, vinegar syndrome and arrow and stuff like that uh, gave people like me uh, a better a better shot of watching it on something other than a, a vhs totally i oh, think shit, the four I gotta... of us love physical media too and that really helps with delving deep into just really really esoteric titles um uh but yeah so go ahead carlos yeah oh shit i mean apparently i gotta redo my list because i thought we were talking about horror movies that had cults in them <laughs> <laughs> well, you're fucking with me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. 
it's a lame joke, but I just had to make it. Um, um, but yeah, but like, what about you, man? Like, what's your uh, relationship uh, to cult horror or just horror in general? You know. Well, look, I I fucking love horror films. I mean, as a young, still, I consider myself an aspiring filmmaker. Um, I all of my films so far have been horror or some type of subgenre of horror, but it's just really weird because like most genre horror fans, they really love, I mean, it's just really, I don't want to like, I don't want to kind of like generalize horror fans, you know, but at the same time, I feel like a lot of people that say that they love horror, they really love, you know, slasher stuff. They like bloody stuff. Um, they like fun jump scare stuff. Um, but like for me, I just loved overall like atmospheric type horror the most, like psychological mm-hmm. type horror and things like that. Um, obviously things that are a bit more on the artful side of horror filmmaking, but um, I still have a special place in my heart for just like balls out fun uh practical effect horror type shit um again it's not that's not the reason why i love horror but i still enjoy some of that um so that's why Mm -hmm. honestly like i don't have the biggest relationship with cult horror films um so honestly i'm not really here to i'm honestly more here to learn (laughs) than i am to like you know give words of wisdom on the genre um i've seen enough to make a top five but i i mean in comparison to probably all three of y'all i i am very surface level uh with this type of stuff um but i mean for my mind my definition of cult horror was just pretty much the same thing um that he said which was just basically uh films that you know at the time were very obscure um uh weren't very popular people kind of wrote it off as like a whatever movie but then as time progressed it turned into something that people started loving more and more and uh now in a way has become popular um that is what that is obviously the case with films like texas chainsaw and shit but that film has gotten so incredibly popular now that it's just it's almost it's almost almost just like unfair to call it cult horror because it's just so like culturally influential to the genre itself at this point um yeah but yeah i feel like i talk way too much um (laughs) yeah what's a podcast you know don't don't cut yourself (laughs) off unless one of us do um charlotte you're you know you resemble a bit of a goth queen you're a horror you know just your aesthetic so i i'm assuming cult horror uh means a great deal to you oh for sure for sure and um my definition is pretty much word for word what Ant-Man said, but um, one thing I did want to add was cult horror is something that's really interesting to study from like a sociological level, which is what my background is in, because um, we can tell about you know what place our culture is in by how popular certain things or certain pieces of media that we consume become. For instance, Jennifer's body, you know, was sort of bombed in the beginning and stuff but i think as we become more progressive as a culture we've sort of given that film in particular a reanalyze shout out to jennifer's body not on my list but love that film great movie yeah (laughs) Yeah, i like it too i love i love it 
Uh, you guys described it so well. I mean, it is a mix of the sociological, you know, themes that are way ahead of its time, you know, often commenting on very, very taboo things that like mainstream movies couldn't tackle at the time, especially in the 80s, um, which I imagine a lot of our films will be during that decade. Um, and to me, it's also the experience of watching it. There's a certain tonality that these movies have that. Carlos also hit on, which is, you know, somewhat goofy. There's a very exaggerated tone um, that often plays with body horror. And uh, yeah, so like, I think obviously we're going to be defining it more and more as we give our list, but I think that's a good setup to our top five lists. Um, you know what? I'm going to go first because um, I feel like my first pick is a little boring um, and I also never really go first. So I'm going to change it up a little bit. Uh, with my first film of the top five is Army of Darkness uh, by Sam Raimi. Um, like, again, not a super exciting pick, but it does mean a great deal to me. Um, it's not my favorite of the trilogy, but I think it also just exemplifies uh, this the cult status um, very, very well. Maybe not as strongly as Evil Dead 2, which is one of my favorite movies, period. But just the blending of different genres in this movie um especially the me medieval aspect makes it just like a really really fascinating relic of what horror potential can be in my opinion because it has all the elements of evil dead 2 just kind of injected in this like time travel wacky uh romantic uh sexy it has just so many different elements that i really really love not to mention bruce campbell who's one of maybe if you're going to talk about cult horror icons might be the number one um, in terms of characters, you know, he's plastered on pop toys and posters and everything. Um, and Army of Darkness, I just think is to me the one I have rewatched the most oddly because I can just show it to people um, that aren't necessarily as into cult classic horror movies. And they've really just had taken something away from it um, and yeah uh i like you can't not mention sam raimi as a as a major major cult horror figure and i feel like army of darkness is the less obvious one to pick um and just means a lot to me so i had to 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 mention it right at the top and i know and man you said it's not like your favorite by any means of the three i'm just curious like how the fuck could you say it? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> how could you, you I'm say I'm a fake me, fan, but... dude. <laughs> no, no. Like I, I get it, but I just wanted to hear from your, yeah, your words. Yeah. Weirdly enough, Army of Darkness was probably I think it was the first one that I saw out of all the Evil Dead films, and I, I enjoyed it until I watched Evil Dead One. And then my my wig was blown off when I watched Evil Dead Two. Like Evil Dead Two to me is like the pinnacle. Um it is. I, I still, weirdly enough, even though Army of Darkness to me is like on the bottom of the totem pole in the Evil Dead franchise, I still watch that movie every single year. I watch that movie more than Evil Dead 1 or 2 because I want to appreciate it uh, on the <laughs> same level, and I'm getting there. Uh, I, I appreciate it more, and and honestly, I never really thought about it from that aspect of of it being an uh, easily accessible horror film to those who are not really into horror. Cause it's kind of horror light, you know, it's got the things that you like from an evil dead film while still being a little bit more campy. So that way maybe kiddos can watch it or, you know, um, those who are super squeamish and maybe evil dead too with the, with all the, the blood and shit like that is too much for them. So I, I do appreciate it a lot more. And as time goes by, I do like it more and more i love the soundtrack for it 
That's great. Danny um, Elfman, yeah. Yeah, but Evil Dead 2, man, I, as soon as I saw that, my honestly, my life changed. Like, I, re- I was like seven years old watching it on VHS in my aunt's house. And uh, oh yeah, I don't, yeah, I was really we, young. <laughs> I, I don't know. I saw Army of Darkness not too long before that because uh, my my sister got me. Uh, well, she's my cousin, but I call her my sister. Only child here. Um, she got me the twelve inch um, Ash figure that talks it's, and shit. And a lot of the a lot of the sound bites come from Army of Darkness. So she got me the VHS for that. And like for like a whole year, I had no idea that that came after two other films. So. She let me b- watch those other two, and I watched it with my aunt, and I was like, "Oh fuck, I am forever <laughs> changed." Totally, I, same shit. That you bring up that it being like child friendly because it was the first that I saw when I was like sixteen, and oddly enough, my eight-year-old brother was the one to introduce it to me. <laughs> Just, um, yes, so I have good memories with that movie too. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't end up making like a cartoon out of it like they did with the Toxic Avenger or Rambo or I think even RoboCop, like all those 80s like violent films ended up mm-hmm. getting a child-friendly cartoon. So I'll yeah, be on the lookout. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Ever say <laughs> never, you know. <laughs> I will hold. Um, yeah, I actually don't know which is my favorite between um, um, fucking Evil Dead 2 and... Uh, um, first fucking, Evil Dead. No, Army of Darkness. Oh, Army of Darkness. Yeah. yeah, Army of Darkness. That one, I think, was my favorite for quite some time. I was really high off that movie when I saw it, but I ha- but it's been like six years, I think, since I've seen Army of Darkness. But I fucking love Army of Darkness, dude. I'm right there with you. I think that film was just so like it's just so much fucking fun. It's filled with countless one-liners that are just hilarious. Um, and it still offers just like so much of that same, uh, same Raimi camp that like, we just all love. Um, and again, there's a bunch of like cool monster effects in it and it's just a fucking goofy and hilarious plot line of a fucking S smart employee getting transported to like fucking medieval times. It's just conceptually alone. That's just such an amazing, um, yeah. platform for Sam Raimi to just explore, you know, that campy style of horror filmmaking that he really loves to do. Um, and yeah, again, there's just so many amazing lines in that movie. Um, you know, this is my boomstick. Boomstick. Uh, yeah. Shop smart, shop S smart. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I, again, I haven't seen it in a long time, but I just remember that movie really, really stuck with me and I just really, really had so much fun with it. So yeah, I'm they like I'm I'm right there with you. I really, really love that film. No, I'm glad. Yeah, it's it's hysterical as hell. Like real quick, I gotta mention when he's 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 trying to lift the curse off of the people in the village and he goes to find the book and he's like reciting the the yeah. whatever the language and he just he forgets. Oh yeah, the, the, Klaatu, like, the pinnacle, Varata, necktie. Matu Varatu. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> like he tries to cover it up, and then obviously all hell breaks loose, and we got a movie. Um, yeah, I, I, it's just so infectiously fun and just imaginative beyond just so many horror movies that I can think of. I just, I just love it so much. Um, but yeah, we can move on from there. Uh, Charlotte, if you wanna 
go next, please do. Sure. Um, so my next pick is I don't think it's a cult classic yet, but I see like in the next 10, 20 years it becoming one. Um it's Knife Plus Heart. It's a relatively newer French film that I really love fucking love. Neo Jalo. Um was one of my first wins in the misfit pawn discord shameless plug there <laughs> um and carlos hated it but hopefully no it'll be <laughs> incorrect that's I, fucked. I gave it a six out of ten exactly. that's too low that's criminally low <laughs> but um i picked it because i think it brings up the interesting conversation of the connection between cult horror classics and um queer people and you know how like in many instances i feel queer people are the ones who um carry culture or preserve it in many ways like going back to rocky horror picture show which totally bombed at first but like over time like because it really connected with this underrepresented group it became like the phenomenon that we know today and I could see Knife Plus Heart doing that, plus Dildo Knife. How could you not love Dildo Knife? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Agreed. Yes, I agree with that. I, I Thank you, Charlotte, for putting me onto that movie, because I don't think I would have watched it had you not recommended it, and I absolutely loved it. <laughs> and it needs to have, if it doesn't have a great physical release already, it needs to. Totally. I mean, like the visuals of that movie like very reminiscent of like old italian giallo and all that stuff so it's like visually such a treat um and really like evocative and and sexual obviously um i remember seeing that in a the theater and there were multiple walkouts going on um because obviously it's very <laughs> yeah. graphic um and i was like okay we're in for we're in for a hell of a, a movie right now um i love it too it's a gr- great pick you got to see it in theaters i'm so jealous i did i did oh. yeah it was at a time where I was like really, really into Italian horror stuff. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh man, a modern version with queer characters. I was I was so into yeah. I, I think it will have a cult status. Yeah, I agree. Discovering it like early not early, but like 2020, right as the pandemic hit, I had subscribed to Shudder and like randomly picked it and just like utterly fell in love, ordered it the very next day on Blu-ray. Hell yeah. Any words about it, Carlos? It's a good, it's a good movie. <laughs> um, That's six uh, other ten as otherwise. Yeah, it's a good movie. Uh, Carlos hates yeah. the gays. <laughs> uh, I was waiting for that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so um, much of your appearances are people interrogating you for your six out of ten ratings. <laughs> you know what? I don't I don't blame them. I'm the same fucking way. Like if I see somebody give a movie that I love six out of ten, I'm like, why do you hate this movie? I hate you for hating it. Uh, so I'm the same way. Exactly, like, yeah. I'm like immediately offended. Um, but no, like really, it's a it's a good movie, and I think it has a lot to offer, like stylistically, um, and even just like in the horror genre, it just does quite a bit of unique things with it. Um, and you know, maybe it's just because I haven't seen a lot of Jalo films. I think I've only seen like one or two. Maybe if I seen more, I could appreciate like the whole like homage element of it. Um, For sure, but. No, I mean, I'll give it a rewatch at some point. Uh, I did, I did enjoy it though, for sure. Have you seen Suspiria yet, Carlos? I know mm-hmm. that that was. Uh, yeah. What the fuck? I think you admitted that a few episodes ago, and I was pretty shocked. Yeah, but no, I haven't seen it yet. I'm, I, you know, I, 
I, I told I was talking to somebody about it on Facebook, and I basically said I was going to watch it before October ends. So please I'll do. Dude, the 4K of the original Suspiria is probably one of like the most beautiful 4Ks that I own. It's fuck, it's so good. Do you have the steelbook version of it? No, because I skipped. I, I I didn't buy it right away, and then I regretted it. So I ended up just getting. I have a. It's a slipcase version, but yeah, it's not a steelbook. <laughs> I I spent like eighty dollars on that steelbook. Yeah, money well, but... well money well spent, dude. Honestly, that's probably one of the best horror four uh, Ks out there. One hundred percent, yeah. Um, not to go on an Argento uh, <laughs> sidebar here, but like the kid. I own it, and know. I don't even like that movie that much. And I four <gasps> K player, so hey, that says everything. You got to still, I love it. It's one of those <laughs> things where it's pretty at the very least, and you can always very. put it on and listen to some good music or something. Yes, good point. It does have Goblin too, if you want to listen to that music. It's pretty. It's got a lot going for it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, who wants to go next of the boys here? Who's ready? Uh, I mean, either or. I will say, Carlos, do not watch <laughs> Knife Plus Heart again until you got a couple more giallos under your belt. That really will true. help you appreciate that film a lot more. For sure. Yeah. Or until you've been pegged. There you go. Either one. <laughs> Whichever Although one's most likely heart. to happen first. I'll make sure Ooh. to do both before I rewatch it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, stand by for that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll have to subscribe and pay extra to see that video. <laughs> the Missive Pond OnlyFans coming? <laughs> 2024? Uh, you can go next since we just you got pegged basically by words. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. Um so at number five, I got uh, brain damage. Um, this is a film I can't. For, it's hard to remember this this dude's last name. Brain um, Potter. Yeah, that guy. Um, I've only seen one other film besides brain damage from him, which was Frankenhooker. Um, and I enjoyed Frankenhooker. That movie is just like so much fun. But brain damage to me is like a pretty big step above that. Um, it just like offers like the thing is with brain damage, it's a really like again, it's very B grade in a way. It's outrageous. It's uh in a lot of ways it's really dumb and goofy and just has everything that you want out of just like a dumb fun horror movie with its practical effects and just like ridiculous absurd moments that are super like comedic in nature. Um but at the same time, it is like artful, like at least like there's like a metaphorical like platform that's even that's driving this film about uh, drug addiction. So like that's another thing that I really appreciated out of this type of, you know, B-grade horror film that is aiming to be just like a dumb fun movie. But at the same time, there is like a whole symbolic foundation to it. Um. But yeah, this movie's just a whole bunch of fun. Um, the villain of this movie, which I believe goes by the name of Olimer, something like that. Um, he, I mean, it is just outrageous, but you just can't keep your eyes off the screen whenever he's on screen. Uh, just a really fun use of practical effects and stop motion animation, basically. 
And this film is just, you can tell that the director really like put his heart and soul into this really outrageous and fun concept. And um, the entire movie is just a blast. Like when, like, right, like right when you think it can't get any more crazier and absurd, it just somehow just like goes even further with, with the next scene. Um, so yeah, uh, this film is just like, again, it offers a whole lot. If you're just really into like, fun outrageous b-grade horror that offers a lot of like practical effect fun and gore and just really absurd weird shit going on but you know also has a compelling foundation um symbolically speaking i mean this is this is gonna be right up your alley uh i think when it comes to cult horror this is like something that is honestly like a very essential film to watch agree totally yeah, definitely agreed. I haven't seen a basket case yet, which I hear is another great one. It is. Um, Stay tuned. I, yeah, it's it's good. Might be I on would one of our lives. Frankenhooker and brain damage is slightly better, but I mean, dude, mm-hmm. it, it's I, I I enjoy basket case quite a bit. Okay. Yeah, uh, basket case was his first film, right? You can yeah. definitely see his rise in terms of yeah. filmmaking quality. Nice. I'm gonna reserve my kind of lottery. There's gonna be like four films or something like that, right? Like four or five. Yeah. He made, he made like three basket case movies, uh Frankenhooker. Yeah. <laughs> got a trilogy going. Yeah. I'm gonna save my head on lottery thoughts because I got one of his films later on. So yeah. Hell yeah, dude. So but it's a great pick. I, I adore brain damage a lot. Um and like the practical effects, like still hold up they're like incredibly authentic and great um yeah really really goofy at the same time i just i love the man i can't wait to talk about it more but ant-man so kick us off i am actually gonna piggyback off of charlotte and i'm gonna go giallo horror i figured i'd give something tasteful before i delve into the um the brain rot that could be cult horror which is just not tons of blood gore sex and all sorts of other stuff and i'm gonna go with 1972 is your vice is a locked room and only i have the key by sergio martino uh famously he also did torso and scorpion with two tails Uh, yeah it's a mouthful (laughs) but it's it's so fucking good dude because it has literally everything that you want um in in a film is specifically a, a giallo so it has um excellent camera work great atmosphere building um, it's got sex, it's got incest, it's got violence, <laughs> it's got, it's got, uh, you know, twists and turns and it's all wrapped up behind, um, kind of like the, a general telling of Edgar Allan Poe's The Black Cat, which is pretty damn cool. Um, definitely, I, I picked this up, uh, it, it was a double box set from Arrow. It also has, um, Lucio Fulci's The Black Cat. And I, I was at some bookstore that was going out of business. And I was like, it was like 15 bucks for the box set, brand new. And I was like, you know what? An Arrow box set, brand new, 15 bucks, two movies. Why not? Whoa. I had never seen these or never heard of these. And this is this is many years ago. Um, f- this one I highly recommend. Like, uh, I just rewatched it just to make sure that I wanted to put it on this list. And yeah, definitely. I, I don't think that enough people really talk about this film. Um, definitely a long ass title, but 
Uh, Sergio Martino, he's hit or miss. Um, I like Scorpion with two tails, torso, eh. But this one is fucking outstanding. And it's also got um, Luisi uh, Pistolini from Bay of Blood and Good, Bad, and the Ugly. Oh, yeah. He's great. Yeah. Yeah. So if you needed that to drag you into there, there you go. You got some Eastwood tie-ins. <laughs> nice. Wait, how do you feel about all the colors of the dark? That's like his most famous uh, mm. one. In the, the only one I've seen, too. After we watch, to be honest. It's a very, yeah. It's more yeah. of a stylistic exercise to me more than like classical giallo, too, because it's very plot heavy. To yeah. Me. Um, which um, I could but... definitely see that because, like, um, so I, I feel like this one's not like your stereotypical giallo, um, unless you're talking about like early Argento, because fucking everything he put out within like his first like ten years of doing film is just beautiful. Um, but yeah. the atmosphere, th- this one I think takes it a little bit more in the horror direction than just a standard hack and slash giallo, which, I mean, that could be considered horror still because it very very definitely is but there's just some angles and some like uh scene building and your vice is locked room that just man like i don't know it's perfect to watch during this this halloween season um and carlos dude like definitely highly recommend it since you're you're still new to giallos this is definitely one i, I would put there on that list for you hell yeah awesome Love to see the representation of Giallo um, on here for sure. Um, okay. Uh, I, we mentioned Helen Lauder. I'm just going to go with my next pick, and it is Basket Case. Um, I do agree with what you said, Ant-Man, about him evolving over time. Having said that, I think Basket Case is like a glorious mess of like a lot of shitty aspects of, of movie making, but... It captures that grimy 1970s New York better than most, not even just horror films, just like films in general. Like, I just love the locations of this film so much. Um, The acting is like, and line delivery is horrendously bad, but I also think that's a great marker of cult horror movies. Um, And this movie just is inspiring because he made it off a whim and like, for a very very ultra low budget you could tell he was casting his friends in it and a lot of the effects like they still look great but like are very much like bare bones compared to what he would do later on and i think he just this movie from the get-go has that frank henenlotter charm of just no fucks given very very silly and kind of like nihilistic in the best ways possible um and i think he's one of the most influential uh, horror directors uh, of his time um, influencing the likes of like Cronenberg and Stuart Gordon and all these like body horror filmmakers later on um, and the man never just uh, he never really compromised his art- artistry for anything so I really really respect him um, and I just for some reason I feel like Basket Case exemplifies like just the bare bones aspect of horror filmmaking the best so I had to go with that even though it's not my favorite uh, Hen and Lauder by any means but I, I, I highly recommend if anyone hasn't gotten into Hen and Lauder, start with Basket Case and just go down his road of insanity all the way till Bad Biology, which is in absolute insanity. Um, uh, yeah, that's yeah. that's pretty much it. Like you got uh, you guys talked about Hen and Lauder already, but like <laughs> thoughts on Basket I, Case, dude. Uh, Belial, Belial yeah. is like one of the coolest fucking like 
creature, like especially for an er, like an early. It, that was his. Was that his first film? Yeah, his debut. Dude, to have like a creature as iconic now as Belial in there is pretty dope. Yeah. And and I agree. Like, dude, CD ass New York. It's only only a select few movies of its time like will really capture that feel. That's definitely one of them. Totally. Yeah, I, I haven't seen it, but I've seen the the creature, and it just looks like a fucking big clumpy turd looking thing. <laughs> Dude, that clumpy turd is in a, is a on a pillow in my room that I cuddle with. <laughs> of course it is. I love that. Yeah, I got my Belial pillow. Yeah, just, also... just seeing the creature on its own, I was like, I really just want to see. <laughs> I wanted to see this movie and what it what it offers. <laughs> I haven't okay. seen any of his movies, but you'll have me intrigued. Oh, uh, you would love him. Yeah. You would, love him, you would really love Frankenhooker. <laughs> See, that's the, the one I think I would enjoy the most. It's so fucking good. It's so fun. To, to me, that's his magnum opus. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think it's just it's just everything culminated into one um, and made probably the most people mad in the world, too. So mm. that's another plus <laughs> for him. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're right. The creature's so iconic. He's actually my profile picture right now in Discord. So um, he's he's one of my favorite just icons in horror history. I I just can't say enough. Um, And just so much, you know, this is like the perfect 1 a.m. movie to throw on um, when you if you're falling asleep or you're with a friend or something like that's like head and ladder to me. It's like when your brain is rotting at 1 a.m., he's like, he'll take you to church. Every time, so <laughs> hell yeah. yeah, that's my that's my dissertation on Frank Adam Potter. Um, Charlotte, you can go next. Okie dokie. So my next pick is the fourth in a franchise, and it's a movie that's very very special to me. And I've talked about it briefly on the channel before, but um, I feel like this film really exemplifies the so bad it's good type thing that is associated with cult classics it's the bride of chucky jennifer tilly in that movie (laughs) taught me everything that i need to know about being a woman it's endlessly (laughs) quotable um i mean if a man if a woman spends all day slaving over a hot stove the least a man can do is the dishes and if he doesn't (laughs) you stab his fucking ass it's a good jennifer tilly yeah. Good Jennifer Tilly. Love Jennifer Tilly. I, I haven't seen Bride of Chucky. I've only seen in terms of like the the uh, the later Chucky movies, I've only seen Seed of Chucky. I was oh, gonna dude. say was I that, love that movie too. So it's the greatest title ever. I love that. Yeah. It's got John Waters, yeah. so that's a win for me. Yes, absolutely. The movie's a trip. <laughs> dude, Bride of Chucky is is incredible. Bride of Chucky, honestly, I think saved uh like the longevity of the Chucky franchise, even though I love child's play three, um, bride of Chucky just took it into a whole different, like playing field. It just really exemplifies camp. I feel like at its highest. And Tiffany is like, just such an iconic, like character. I feel like, I feel like so many people like relate to her, just really love her, which is interesting. And then it's like, Carried on into a TV show and just been this whole cult right. phenomenon. Love Chucky. Same. I haven't made it to part four yet. Uh, I need to. Uh, I need to finish the movies. I stopped at two, but I. There, yeah. I think I'd, you would really like Bride of Chucky, Jake. 
Like, mm-hmm. it's not a good movie, but it's a fun movie. Oh, I yes. mean, it's a good time. I'm a camp fiend, so I'm so into this. I can't wait. <laughs> and I'm the big Jennifer Tilly fan also. So mm-hmm. I will I will get to that. Seed of Chucky, for some reason, has always intrigued me just based on the seed aspect of all of it. <laughs> just a lot whole... of Chucky fans <laughs> fucking hate that movie, but I love it. I think yeah. it's... Her. I remember, I remember when both Bride of Chucky came out and Seed of Chucky came out. Everybody was telling me how fucking horrible both of those movies were. The wrong, um, <laughs> those are the wrong people. <laughs> no. And just hearing you talk about Bride of Chucky, Charlotte, makes me really want to watch it. Because before that, I had, I really didn't have any interest because everything I heard about that movie was just like, oh, it's fucking terrible, it's fucking terrible. Um, but if it has that so bad it's good element, like I'm definitely on board. Like, it's just a fun time. Like, of course, it's not, like, some distinguished piece of art that should go in the National Museum, but... Yeah. (laughs) No, it's It's, special to me. (laughs) Yeah, it's... The way you described it... I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, the way you described it, it should be in a museum of camp, at least. (laughs) John Waters (laughs) Museum. The John (laughs) Waters Museum, exactly. (laughs) Please, yeah. My dream. I, Go ahead, Carlos. No, I was just gonna say it's basically the same with like the fucking seed of Chucky too. I mean, that movie is just. I, I remember when I watched it. At, even as a kid, I was like, "This movie fucking sucks. What is this?" And then, like, I don't know. The more that I grew up, I kept wanting just to watch it again for some reason. I'm like, I want to watch Seed of Chucky again. And now I just watch it, and I just get so much like entertainment value from it. Like, despite whatever it is, it's just entertaining. True story, in the fifth grade, I was obsessed with Seed of Chucky and Bride of Chucky, and I went to sleep every night watching one of those two films (laughs) for Halloween. Just, like, such a vibe. My my parents must have been on some sort of crack, (laughs) bro. Right. That molded you to the person you are today, though, so it's... Watching those on a nightly basis. My parents were on some sort of crack, (laughs) bro. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Who could follow that up? That's, that's, a, that's a tough act to follow. I think I think Bride of Chucky has like some of my favorite favorite lines. Like uh Tiff, like did you bring a rubber? Tiff, look at me. I'm all rubber. Just stupid <laughs> shit like that. So good. Oh my god. Chucky, were you born with that knife glued onto your hand or what? For fuck's sake, stabbing went out in the 90s with Bundy and Dahmer. It's like what Martha Stewart always says. When guests drop by for dinner and you haven't had time to shop, you improvise. Yes. <laughs> Man, that's a damn good Tilly. Well, yeah, that's really I was I'm with Jennifer Tilly right now, is what I feel like. <laughs> Oh man, it's amazing how much it's ama- more amazing that you can quote it front to back. Exactly, that's what long, it seems like. <laughs> a long quote. <laughs> literally watched it every night before bed. <laughs> In fifth well, grade. I can quote the entire script of some movies. Like I can quote the entire script of like Happy Gilmore and Shrek, <laughs> and just movies like that. I can I can recite the entire fucking script. Same, but with Dudor's my car. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I could probably only do that with like Big Lebowski or Same with I mean, that, might, that might be it actually. Yeah. Dude, where's my car? Like the Chinese food scene. I, I think about that a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, oh, yeah, cinema. that's cinema right there. Uh, yeah, go ahead, Carlos. Oh, shit. Okay. Uh, 
So number four, we got Society. Um, mm-hmm. Shout out to my friend Brandon Smith, who requested this film to me um, as a patron request back when I did those. And um, I have a whole video on this film if you guys want to hear my more extensive thoughts. But yeah, this film is just a fucking great time. Um, and honestly, like the first two acts of this film are fine. But it's really that third act, like the last 20 minutes, that are just, just, it's absolutely bonkers. Honestly, probably one of the most <laughs> bonkers t- last 20 minutes of a film that I have ever seen in my entire life. Um, yep. I mean, every single second of it just has your jaw, like, just drop completely on the fucking floor. Um, the imagery that you see never gets old because it's just constantly getting more absurd as you're just going into like each layer of hell with every single scene. Um, it's just uh, the amount of time that was put into these practical effects and the amount of creativity that was poured into these practical effects, which I mean, it is, I mean, commendable to say the least. Um, just so much went into uh, the ridiculousness of the presentation of those final 20 minutes. And again, like I'm not trying to dog on, you know, pretty much the entire film before the last 20 minutes because it offers plenty. But it's again, I think really what makes this film special and what really made it stick its landing and, um, you know, helped it, you know, gain the following that it has is because of those final 20 minutes. It is absolutely insane. Absolutely insane. I mean, you see some, you literally see somebody with an ass on his face. Like he's a face ass creature thing. His dad. <laughs> and it's, I am a butthead. Yeah. And it's just, it's sheer insanity. And honestly, like, it's so, it's actually kind of off-putting. Like, usually with, like, B-grade films, you're like, okay, yeah, it's absurd. They're trying, but it's really just more funny. Yeah, here it's, like, funny and absurd, but it's kind of also, like, off-putting. Like, it actually achieves it being a little bit unsettling with how just, like, grotesque a lot of the imagery is. Um... So, yeah. Um, and obviously, like, it's called Society. It's very obvious with its theme. It's just very, <laughs> like, in your face about, you know, the the kind of, like, uh, the, the top 1% and uh, the elites of society, um, you know, having a conspiracy on poor people and how they rope other rich people into their, you know, elite group. Um, and it's just like, again, it just takes this, the obvious, um, concept of conspiracy in that way and just goes completely just like, just opens the floodgates with that. Um, especially in the third act and it just delivers again, one of those batshit insane, uh, final 20 minutes that you'll ever see in a movie, especially to be a great film. It's just, it's just fucking insane. Uh, I definitely recommend watching it if you haven't seen it, obviously. Same here, dude. Yeah, agreed. I, I remember I wanted to see that film for like the longest time, and um, Arrow put it out, and they put it out with like the deluxe edition. Now it's like what thick box, and it's all embossed on the front. And yeah. uh, it took me a minute to get it, but I finally did. And yeah, that last twenty minutes is definitely a trip. <laughs> I love it though. I love it though. I actually uh, there for a minute for like a week or two. I'd put it on to go to sleep. <laughs> the final I'd wake 20 up. minutes yeah no i put the movie on i'd wake up in the final 20 minutes like, like, yeah i'm like so i like half asleep and i wake up and i'm seeing that i'm like fuck 
That's stuff of that's nightmare yeah. fuel right there. You don't need you don't need drugs. Just go to sleep and wake up and final twenty minutes of society. You're good. <laughs> I uh I, I hate that I always brag about seeing things in theaters, but I did see this in theaters. <laughs> oh, that um, is with um a Q and A with the director uh, Brian Usna, and that was it was one of the funnest movie going experiences of my life. And he is like for how old he is, he is still like hilarious and insane of a person um just hearing him talk about making that movie and like how upset the studio and like even the actors were making that movie it was just like the funnest conversation to hear and i i mean i agree carlos like the five the first two thirds are like very like mystery procedural sort of investigation thing and then it becomes like the most whacked out body horror movie you've ever seen in your life and it's it's it yeah like i i Top ten like horror movies for me of all time. Actually, it's like, oh shit! I, sh- I show I show it to I show it to everybody. I love it so much. Um, <laughs> similar to what Ant Man said about Evil Dead too. I was like, I I wanted to pick stuff that I haven't talked about so much, but mm. it's that's one of them for sure. I love it. I'm glad you picked it. Obviously, hell yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I had no idea that you love that film this much. <laughs> I have a deep passion for that orgy scene, <laughs> my dude. <laughs> Same, dude. <laughs> there's, there's so much, there's so much to marvel at. Uh, Charlotte, have you seen it? I have not. <gasps> you, uh, yeah, that's another one you got to add to that list. I think you're Hen and Lauder in society. <laughs> hey, they honestly go pretty hand in hand. Like I could, they do in some yeah. like off, like off the wall, like different parallel universe. Like I could totally see society being like directed by Hen and Lauder. Oh yeah, 100%. Have you seen The Dentist by Brian Usna, Ant-Man? Yes, I have. And because of that movie and some traumatic dental experiences when I was a kid, I have, I'm terrified of the fucking yeah. dentist. That Absolutely terrified. Fucking insane. I love that it. <laughs> it's so good. Especially the first one. The first one, it's like all this crazy shit's happening and everybody's totally like, Oblivious oh, under, under, yeah understandable they're just sitting there like oh okay like the doctor's taking forever he's acting weird like coming out sweating like borderline coked out yeah. of his mind fucking <clears throat> oh pe- people are going missing oh i don't know what's right. happening here let's just continue on our day meanwhile he's fucking <laughs> torturing the shit out of his ex-wife or his wife yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's wild oh that movie's that's that's a marvel movie uh, yeah, <laughs> incredible. Not a not an MCU movie. I don't know why. For nope, it's, a it's canon. Fr- MCU. Yeah. <laughs> the Marvel dentist movie. franchise is, is is canon now. Oh man, the new superhero, the dentist. Yeah, Tony Stark's favorite movie. He's the villain of the next phase of Marvel. <laughs> oh, this man just ripping out teeth everywhere. Yeah. That's everybody's worst nightmare. I could see that. Seriously, yeah. Like, um. <laughs> Well, yeah, uh, you're next, Ant Man. Like All right. Before. So I told y'all that I was gonna give you something artful, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna delve down into the dredges, and uh, yeah. So I'm gonna start off with 1982's Pieces by Juan Piquer Simon, uh, great one. famous director of Slugs, uh, starring Christopher George from Graduation Day. This movie I came across when I was like when DVDs first started becoming a thing and and Walmart started having those dump bins of like five movies for like 10 bucks or something like that yeah. or like 50 horror pack for like 10 bucks and I remember I was like obsessed with collecting all all the horror ones as as much as I could and I watched them all and I came across pieces and the tagline is uh 
you don't have to go to Texas for a chainsaw massacre. That's right. And being from <laughs> Texas, uh, which I, I need to get the fuck out of here because apparently all the good screenings are where you're at, Jake. Uh, so um, I watched this and I absolutely fell in love. This is kind of kind of Giallo-esque, to be honest. Like, um, I mean, that's you're kind of walking like a a little bit of a line and you know some giallo purists would be like no it's not whatever pieces is fucking <laughs> awesome uh it's another weirdly one that kind of deals with sex a uh, little boy gets caught putting together a nudie puzzle by his mom and uh starts beating the shit out of him and he's like you know what i've had enough damn it kill my mama oh shit i've i've fucking seen that movie i just forgot yeah, yeah i've seen that movie. i watched that for a i think it was pain raven's movie night in the discord watched Hell it yeah. yeah that movie's awesome dude yeah, this one like doesn't ever really get talked about. Grindhouse releasing did a fucking awesome job with this. Not only mm-hmm. like is this releasing great, but it has a documentary documentary on here called Forty Second Street Memories, and it is like if I could ever transport myself back in time, it would be nineteen seventies to early eighties, uh, New York City on Forty Second Street, where they had all like the Grindhouse mm-hmm. theaters that were like intertwined with all the like hardcore porno theaters and stuff. And like the way they were making it seem is like you walk into a theater and like there's like rats and shit moving everywhere and there's like cum on seats and stuff like that and like stale ass popcorn and like then you get to watch cool shit like this and like um, Cannibal Holocaust and stuff like and you don't know if you're gonna like come out fine or if you're gonna get stabbed in the like on the way out of the the theater and like die or some shit like that would be fucking cool dude see a movie like pieces and then like you get stabbed on the way out like <laughs> that would be awesome. Two for the price of one. Exactly, right? Like, dude, that, that's more bang yeah. for your buck. That's like Roger Corman esque right there. Yeah, that's yeah. like Vincent Price. Uh, what do you go? <laughs> a fucking interactive yeah, theater, yeah. William Castle, yeah. Yeah, William Castle, there you go. It's an authentic 4D experience. <laughs> <laughs> Way ahead of its time. For sure. Yeah. But yeah, pieces, man. Like, uh, I love the 80s, and that's to where, where it kind of starts um, for me. But yeah, that's one that's slept upon. If you haven't seen it definitely watch it uh, i agree if you, if you don't like it then i, I don't know what yourself you. yeah <laughs> i don't have to tell you because it's fuck, it's great yeah it, i agree it was a fun really time great. i enjoyed it the the waterbed scene is one of my favorite kills in any horror movie of all time oh. it's a really striking imagery right there yep um and i love college campus giallos if you can call it that you know just that that culture of youth culture and the sleaze of that that comes with yep. it is like just a cherry on top. Um, the intro of that movie is insane too. Oh yeah. Uh, when they, he cuts, you know, he murders his mom and everything. It's like, yeah, absolute the, insanity. The scene that like really sticks out to me is like, um, when he's like chainsawing through the door that like girl oh, yeah, is yeah. like, yeah, she's in the bathroom or something like that. And she's obviously topless cause it's an eighties yeah. slasher <laughs> film. But yeah, like, um, when when he's like chainsawing through the door and then like he, obviously he gets her. Um, it's actually I can't show it on here, but it's if you open up the case, it's on on the inside of here. That was probably one of the coolest scenes. I remember like I saw whenever I was watching it for the first time, I saw that I'm like this is a winner. This is a winner in my book. I need to I need to remember this film. And for the longest time, it was just in those Walmart dump bins and like every horror thing until Grindhouse put it out. I got really happy. I have the DVD version of that Grindhouse movie you're talking about. I wonder if it has that documentary because I really want to watch that now. 
dude seriously yeah. if you if you can if it's on there definitely watch it it's so good it's definitely worth your time yeah absolutely i like <laughs> for some reason we keep talking about grimy new york in the 70s and 80s but it truly was like one of a kind special oh yeah um, and like celebrating sleaze in the best way possible yep uh, I, uh yeah I'm right there with you. I want to be the um, man I am today without 70s, 80s New York City. <laughs> I don't know if that's good or bad, yeah. but it's there. <laughs> we'll leave that up to people to decide, but I, I vote on the good side. Um, <laughs> um, I'll go next with uh, an Italian horror movie. Um, Ant-Man's gotten me excited to talk about this, but uh, Lucio Fulci is one of my favorite director of these of the bunch that we've been discussing. Um, and this is not his most obscure movie by any means, but the beyond <gasps> was a big, big oh. movie for me. Um, got me into more obscure horror movies. That, like I'll never forget watching this in high school and just having my mind blown at like, wow, how much this movie packs in. First of all, it's like one of the most perfectly paced horror movies of all time. Um, it takes place in Louisiana, which is like that, you know, kind of, haunted uh lore already baked into it so i love that aspect it like it starts out as a haunted house movie and slowly becomes spoiler alert if you haven't seen it uh, like a world ending zombie apocalyptic sort of just horror that's unleashed upon the earth that it all stems from this lady buying this house and the way this movie just kind of unfolds it's it's just so much fun um, and the effects are really incredible. The camera work and the stylistic elements of Lucio Fulci are obviously really impressive as, as always. Um, but this movie is like the most entertaining of his movies. If I could say that, you know, a lot of his other movies, like don't torture a duckling, um, so the psychic murder rock um, the, could be more on the bleak side, um, which I do love them. Um, but the beyond um for me is like really accessible if you want to get more into cult horror. So I wanted to highlight that, but one of my favorite horror filmmakers bar none. So I just had to highlight him and talk about like the final 20 minutes of a film, the final 20 minutes of this movie, like becomes a Romero movie at some times. And I just, <laughs> I just fucking love it so much. Um, uh, and man, do you know if there's a release of this movie? Cause I always have trouble finding a physical release and it is one of my favorite horror movies. So it's like a long time search. I've been on the quest. There, there is a, a physical release of it. I don't remember who put it out. Um, but thank you for bringing up the beyond because that movie all often gets shitted upon by like kind of the random few that have seen it. And some of like the the purists will always like be diehards on the hill for zombie, which I'm not like huge on the on zombie, but the Beyond is so fucking good, dude. Um, yeah, I definitely agree with everything you said. It deserves to be on that cult cult list. I'm trying to find <laughs> right now. No, that's uh, okay. Um, this I agree with zombie is like his most famous movie because like it's an unofficial uh, sequel to. Dawn of the Dead, I believe. Like mm -hmm. that was them trying to capitalize on like Romero and the zombie craze. And that movie's fun. Like they have a uh, the the shark fighting the zombie in the water and all that stuff. Um, but like if you're gonna talk about that man's masterpiece, like to me, it's between the beyond and don't torture a duckling, which I absolutely love that movie too. Same. Um and, and Carlos and, and Charlotte, if you haven't watched Lucio Fulci's filmography at all, definitely that yeah, the beyond's a great place to start. I fucking love Fulci. I feel like he's like the most 
horror adjacent to the Jallo directors. Like, if you want to, yeah. like, just be, like, Definitely. straight up horror, go with Lucio Fulci. One of the first films me and Will ever watched together um, was Zombie, actually. Because <laughs> he told me he didn't like horror movies, but he liked zombie movies. Spoiler alert, he did not like. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Does he love, like, Romero stuff a lot? No, he likes The Walking Dead. Oh, okay. <laughs> he oh, doesn't man. like gory shit at all, so... <gasps> Damn, I know Damn. it's so weird because I'm such a gore hound. Yeah, I've never seen a, I've never seen zombie, but I've seen like a few clips of that, and yeah, that shit's like fucking gore-tastic. Zombie versus <laughs> shark. <laughs> zombie versus shark. Yeah, I, I haven't seen that. Zombie versus shark. When, when when you said that, Jake, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, that's you gotta see it to believe it. I can't even. I can't even picture that in my head. <laughs> Yeah, that's why I I love Italian horror so much. Actually, like European horror, but a lot of Italian horror because they essentially said fuck all safety rules on a lot of aspects and said let's just get yeah. it done <laughs> and stop complaining. Yeah. And uh, like, granted, if I was on one of the one of like the productions, I would be very questioning why I'm here. But in like looking back on it, like man, dude, that is legitimate balls to the walls. Like, I don't give a fuck. I'm getting this done. Like mm-hmm. horror cinema. Oh man, yeah. I mean, if you look at like Umberto Lenzi, for example, or Joe Giamato, those those guys did whatever the fuck it took. Yep. You know, even pl- playing with like dangerous animals and like real weapons, I believe, and yep. just, just the craziest shit possible. Um, there's a great documentary on on those guys too. The that I've I've watched. Um, they're fascinating uh, and really groundbreaking shit. But yeah, that the Beyond is that's my number f- three. So Charlotte. You are up next. Okay, so my next pick is this little movie. I don't know if any of you have heard of it, but it was really, really popular when I was in high school. We would dare each other to watch it, you know? It was very that. Um, it's a human centipede. Fucking love that movie. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> so infamous, and I think it's really interesting that like a film could become so famous and sort of like a cultural phenomenon based sh- sh- purely on how fucking infamous it is. And, uh, and then spawned, what, two to three sequels? Yes, they did Asked Mouth before it was popular. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's <laughs> why millennials are obsessed with eating ass. <laughs> <laughs> um. But I honestly think the first one is like a legitimately good film. Like I love it. Um, Udo Kier is fucking great in it. Um, terrifying, disgusting, gross, everything you want. <laughs> yeah, I I love the first two uh, human centipede movies. The third one can go fuck itself, but uh, definitely the first two are just insane. Um. Yeah, and that's I remember like the only reason why I wanted to see the human centipede is because I read on a horror article where it said, uh, man's making a movie about sewing people to each other's asses. Yeah. I'm like <laughs> sold. <laughs> where can I see this? <laughs> and it's just like I, I've already said it, but like it's become like a cultural phenomenon, or it was at least. I remember like being in high school and like looking online and there being like human centipede fucking <laughs> christmas sweaters yeah that's wonderful fucking, 
I love the fucking uh, South Park spoof episode of the Human, yeah. Senti- <laughs> human Sentai Pad. Yep. Yes, yes, the, new, the new iPad. <laughs> Do I eat the vanilla paste? All the other fish. You gotta read the terms and agreements. <laughs> yeah, that would. I mean, Charlotte nailed it with like the whole daring your friends to watch it in you know whatever age we were when that came out. It's like that was yeah. a big like we would try to see who would like tap out in a sleepover or something like that. Or, it's you know the second movie i maybe got to give it another chance but that was like the that's one of the few movies i had to turn off because it was so fucked up and it was like it's <laughs> fucked it, re- it really is fucked everything about but, it's fucked but like even like the color palette and the way that movie looks like it it, it like haunted my dreams for a long yeah. time when i saw it and the, yeah. there's a moment in that movie involving a baby and i was like all right i'm done i oh, can't yeah. like you know what I'm talking about. Yep. Um, Tom Six was like, you know what? What's going to make this one gnarlier? Let's just shoot it in black and white and put Lawrence mm-hmm. Harvey as like a fat bol- guy with bulging ass eyes. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's it's gnarly as hell. Um, I, damn, I, I wish. The second one. <gasps> All right, just watch the second, the second one. one. Just watch the second one and completely forget there's a third one that exists because it's yeah. it's fucking terrible. I think okay. I've started it and didn't finish it because like something happened or I was like bored by the first ten minutes and like with a movie like that I'm not like concerned about finishing it if I'm bored with it. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's true. That's fair. It was like that they're trying to do like a hundred ass to mouths in that one, right? Pretty yeah, and then the, in part three they're trying to do like fucking five hundred or a thousand or some shit. It's just stupid, dude. The At that third point, one is an excellent critique on the private prison. Yeah, I was gonna say a comment. <laughs> uh, the commentary in the prison industrial complex, right? <laughs> of course, God. as it should be. That's a great pick, though, too, because I feel like it's it's beyond. It was such. It was like maybe the most popular of all the movies we've talked about. Funny enough, because of just yeah. the word of mouth of that movie was insane. Like, but I feel like that just like goes with like cult classic you know like it became famous because of word of mouth and like how infamous besides the Blair Witch Project it might be like the most popular movie that's like stemmed from the internet you know in terms Mm -hmm. of horror movies you know so like that really fits the the definition really well I think so oh yeah good good stuff Uh, it's dude it sucks because uh for some odd reason Tom Six, he made a new movie and he's trying to release it, but he can't. And he's having a hard time releasing it based off of how gnarly the Human Centipede trilogy was. And his newest film is supposed to be even worse. So yeah, nobody wants to put it out. I'm like, well, fuck. I wish you'd never put it online because I want to see it. (laughs) I've I've read what it's about and I really want to see it. I do too. Carlos, can you put it in your film festival maybe? (laughs) There you go. Here we got Tom Six on deck. I told him fucking Tom Six, if you're out there, Carlos has got your back. He'll put your movie out there for you. I got you, bro. I I, I won't even charge you the fucking submission fee. I'll do it for free, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You get so many people watching your live stream of that. That'd, that'd be like a million people tune in. Hell yeah. We'll we'll get it done. We'll get it done. <laughs> All right. Uh I think you're next, right? Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um all right, so my number three is David Cronenberg's *The Brood*. Um, oh, sick. This is it's not my first Cronenberg film because the first Cronenberg, my first Cronenberg film that I saw is a film uh, that some people know called *The Fly*, and it <laughs> I watched it. <laughs> I watched it when I was like 
11 or 12 and it fucking traumatized the shit out of me. Um, and then just forever, I never cared to watch another uh, David Cronenberg film. And then when I was in film school, uh, it was a requirement to watch The Brood. So I was like, all right, cool. And uh, I really, really dug it. Um, this is one of, I think, Cronenberg's like divisive films. Um, I, I honestly, I don't, I don't think I've ever talked to anybody that's like, oh, I fucking love this movie. Almost everybody that I talk to just say like, eh, it's all right. Um, but I love it. This movie is just like really awesome. Like, yeah, the, really the only critique I can give it is that it just has like some dated, like cheesy moments that are just, I don't know if are meant to be funny, but they just come off funny. Um, but really besides that, I just think like conceptually, and thematically, this film offers a whole lot. Um, I mean, a lot about this film is about like repressing uh, stress and traumas in your life and how that can manifest physically on your outer self. And Cronenberg takes that concept and does his whole body horror thing. And he does it really well. Um, and again, Cronenberg's famous for having these really like batshit crazy third acts. The Brood is a perfect example of that. The third act of this film just progresses into sheer insanity, offers a lot of that like grotesque body horror stuff that everybody loves from his films and um, crafts a really compelling character arc and character moment out of it. And um, symbolically, the film kind of comes full circle and it's just a whole lot of fun. Um, so, yeah, the brood fucking awesome. It's on Criterion, too. So um I think it's definitely worth watching and trying to consider if you want to buy next month during the sale. Absolutely. First criterions I ever bought. Oh, same here. I think it was like my, I think it was like my second or third. Wow. Yeah. Very good. I love Cronenberg a lot. So I'm glad you brought him up. And that's, that is the one for cult status. I think, um, I mean, I, a lot of his movies have just become really popular over the years because um, he's so infamous and popular. So The Brood is more like an undercurrent of his career and like yeah. super like unsettling um, yeah. <laughs> in every way. Um, really kind of jump started more of his like his style and everything um, for sure. So I'm a big fan of it, too. Same. Yeah, I think uh, the thank you for bringing The Brood up because I feel like that movie is often criminally overlooked. Same with scanners. I fucking love scanners. Scanners like, rules, yeah. Yeah, I I love Cronenberg. Like with the exception of, uh, I'm not even gonna name it, but it's a his most recent film. Um, <laughs> Exposition of the future. Yeah, I can't um, listen to that. I can't listen to that anymore. Yeah, but I, I mean, I'm one of those that's a Cosmopolis fucking apologist. I love Cosmopolis. Me too, but, man. Yeah, dude. Yes, thank you. That was the first one where I was like, you know what? Robert Pattinson has definitely broken out of his shell from Twilight. Like, he's Perfect definitely casting. one to watch. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but The Brood is so fucking good. I, I get so ticked off when I hear people saying like, oh, it's boring. And I'm like, no, no, it's not. Watch it. It's are you boring at all. Are we watching yeah, the same <laughs> fucking movie? Cronenberg yeah. gets that critique a lot because I think his movies are more sophisticated and just meticulous and dry, I guess, is is a good way to describe, especially his earlier horror movies pre-fly. Just yeah. in like the tone, and you know they're not really showy. Um, so, well, like it's Canadian. <laughs> yeah, that's a better way to say. It, yeah. <laughs> Surprisingly, he does care a lot about 
like establishing plot and theme and character and stuff like that. Like he's not one of those like filmmakers that just does body core just for the sake of being grotesque. Um, even though that he just, he, even though he obviously loves doing that, um, at least a lot of films that I've seen from him, he really likes to take his time and try to craft a narrative that like, um, that kind of like encapsulates the themes of the film that he's going for. Um, you know, it's all very purposeful and maybe that's the reason why some people may find it boring because it, it's, it does have like sometimes a slow pace, but it, I don't know, it, it always feels purposeful and it just pays off so well, especially with the brood. hundred percent. Yeah. 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 If you think it's boring, then get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Agreed. Does that go for crimes of the future too? You know what? Uh, I'll, give, I'm, a, I'll probably give that one a rewatch, but yeah, that one was a, a little bit of a letdown for me. Uh, I'm sorry, dude. It's okay. I thought you, if all, if all people, I thought you'd be on my side, but it's okay. History. I mean, no, no, one, no one's on my side with that one. Right. <laughs> I like it. There you yes. go. <laughs> Will loves you, it, but you see that you don't need anybody else on your side besides that's Charlotte. true. You guys, Charlotte, that's true. you got the world. <laughs> right, that's that's a great point. If y'all want an even hotter take, I think Videodrome is a little overrated. Get the fuck know, out of here, you. dude. I know you. I know that. I'm going to go and put fucking air in me, your dude. shampoo, dude. I'm putting air that in your one shampoo. I, <laughs> that, that one I did feel like at times was kind of boring. I hope but... James Woods ends up in your TV and snatches you out. <laughs> but oh. I need to watch get it to again. to objectify Debbie Harry ever again. <laughs> You do you need should, to watch it again. I think yeah, you should. I'll yeah, watch I think. yeah. I'll watch it with you. Fucking digital right, under you, your head. Video. Yeah. <laughs> you better like this shit. Staring at you the whole time. Yeah. I yeah. I adore that movie so much, but I you know Cronenberg's not the most. You know, he's so polarizing. So yeah, Rigby. It. Shots at yeah. you, Rigby. <laughs> I wasn't gonna say, but yeah, she. <laughs> Hey, she was... liked the dead zone, so we're getting her one by one. Oh, uh, yeah, <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, gotta start uh, somewhere. All right, man, you want to go next? <laughs> yeah. So, um, this one is actually cool because uh, it's it's be it's got a resurgence right now because uh, Claudio Simonetti and Goblin are going around touring right now, and I can't be there, and it fucking kills me. I have met Claudio Simonetti before. And I got a picture disc of this movie signed on vinyl from him, so I'm happy there. But this is 1985's Demons by Lamberto Bava, who is the son of the great, late, famous Mario Bava. Uh, Black yes. Sunday, Kill Baby Kill, uh, to name a few. Um, starring Uberno Barberini, who is an opera, and the newer Casino Royale. There's going to be a tie-in to Casino Royale later. Um, Demons hmm. is fucking crazy, dude. Like the soundtrack is amazing to this film. It's uh, if you've never seen it, uh, people get invited to a mysterious film. They go to watch it, and uh, some chaos ensues. I uh, don't really want to spoil it too much, but um, this is like a really. I think this is probably like a really good mixture of like Italian cinema and American cinema, like. It's an Italian film that plays out kind of like an American film. Um, so I, 
I wouldn't be surprised if this w- was popular here when it first came out. Um, I have this demon mask uh, in my living room. I got it imported from this maker in Italy. Uh, and then on here, it's got the uh, the 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 film ticket. Uh, if you've never seen demons, this this pretty much sums up like to me like um, cult eighties horror uh, per- pretty well. Like it's got everything that you want minus like I guess artistic merit. <laughs> like it's it's not your vice is a locked room, but it's got the it's got blood guts gore uh, killer soundtrack really inventive shots. Like there's some really cool ass like. Uh, filmmaking in here uh, and it's all crammed in one of my favorite places on this earth to be in a theater auditorium. Like mm-hmm. if, if I were to ever be attacked by zombies or whatever, the demons yeah. in this case, uh, fucking I- I'm down going out inside of a theater auditorium. As long as it's something good on the screen, kill me. Like, I'm fine. <laughs> um, 100%. But yeah, demons and, and it, honestly, even demons too. Like I'll put demons to kind of on the same pedestal. Part one is, it's definitely going to be higher than that, but if you've never seen it, please do yourself a favor. Add that onto your watch list. Definitely get it under your belt before this month is over because classic. I concur. It's, yeah. it's, didn't uh, Mario help direct this movie? I could be uh, wrong about that. Pro- honestly, probably because I know he had his hand. Uh, Lamberto Baba, I don't think he didn't really direct a whole lot of shit. In fact, I think he's only directed like. Uh, I don't know. It's in Demons I, too, and he co-directed Shock, which is a great Mario Bava film too. Yep. So yeah, yeah it, it, it's cool to have like a father and son working together on a production. So so cool. And then you got Dario Argento attached to this shit too. Is like I think right. he's accredited as a writer and obviously producer. Like that's that's fucking cool. He co-wrote with Farini, dude, who's like yeah. one of the greatest like Italian figures. It's like there's so much talent on this movie. It's crazy. Yep. Um. And Simonetti, like, hot take, this might be one of his best scores. Maybe not a hot take, but, like, the score is, like, like banging, dude. Dude, <laughs> like, absolutely. Up there, Suspiria and Opera is, like, my favorite Italian Absolutely, dude. Scores, yeah. Seriously, like, Goblin is, like, the gift that we did not deserve. And uh, Claudio yeah. Simonetti is... I'm glad that, like, he's touring now more often um, and, and playing these, giving people the chance to see the movie on the big screen while listening to the score live. Because like if it didn't if the movie didn't click with you like that's going to be the way it's going to click with you because the soundtrack for any of the movies he's really been in uh, is great and uh, I mean I'm so fortunate I've had the pleasure of meeting Claudio Simonetti uh, Lamberto Bava uh, Dario Argento and uh, the late wow. great Ruggiero Diodaro so holy love, shit yeah Texas Frightmare Week and the only cool thing that has come out of Texas. Is Texas Frightmare Weekend every year in Dallas? Um, wow! Yeah, dude, I gotta, fucking, gotta go to that. Yeah, Italian horror. <laughs> all, almost every Italian horror film that I've seen always has some sort of a banging ass soundtrack in there. At least a couple tracks within that film. So, uh, film somewhere. It's, it's bar, bar none, dude. America can't compete. <laughs> they, then, especially in horror. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Goro Miyazaki yeah. wishes his dad would. <laughs> <laughs> Goro needs Goro needs a big spanking after what he did. So. <laughs> um, but real talk, Brandon Cronenberg and David, I would love to see them do something together. That'd be a lot of fun. 
Dude, Brandon Cronenberg is off to such an awesome start. Like, I yeah. love antiviral. Very cool. Antiviral is great. It is never talked about. It's really good. Yeah. great, and then obviously Infinity Pool was just <laughs> the fact. The fact that like there's a movie like Infinity Pool that got shown in theaters. Um, yeah, yeah, on a, like a commercial level, is pretty insane, dude. Like, yeah. that's awesome. Goth is, like, is my favorite though. Yeah. Possessor. I would oh, say yeah. I would agree. I would agree. Yeah. And then that movie rocked my fucking world. Like, I I mean, yeah. I expect like I expected to like it, but. I, I really loved that movie. I was like, damn, this movie is absorbing. It's hypnotic. It's gruesome as hell. And just Terrifying. wonderfully directed. Like, I don't know. I, I fucking love Possessor a lot. Same, I dude. feel like you... it's just what us Kino Lords needed during the pandemic after not getting to go to the theater. Yeah. Yes. It was great to have a super out there genre movie like that come out. And to have Infinity Pool come out, I agree. Like, just such a blessing to have like yeah. bizarre ass horror still in the mainstream or in, in the in theaters, I guess you could say. Um, I love Brandon, like picks such great actors like Caleb Landry Jones, Chris yes. Abbott and Mia Goth Skarsgård. Like, yeah, he's like, he's got an eye for just so many wonderful actors too. And I just, and so did his dad, obviously as well. Yeah. Like Andrea Riseborough. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Of course. Um, Dude. Yeah. So. Like Charlotte, and uh Carlos, if y'all haven't seen Antiviral, please watch that. It's such a cool ass concept of a film that I feel is like mm-hmm. very like you could apply it to today's society very easily with like yeah. fucking how people froth at the mouth over celebrities and shit like that. Yeah. It's it's really cool. That's yep. the one that has knockoff Eddie Redman in it, isn't it? <laughs> Who? <laughs> knockoff Eddie Redman. <laughs> yeah. Who are you referring to with that? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know Caleb, who that is. Caleb Landry you, Jones? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's there. He's there. He does a great he so, job. He is so much better than Eddie Redmayne. It's it's yeah. silly. I mean, I agree, but he's not nearly as cute. <laughs> ah, there you go. Not no, to he, knock his cuteness. I Eddie Redmayne doesn't really do much for me in the acting department, though. He is an Oscar winner. Mm-hmm. Whatever. That's Caleb okay. Ledger Jones is the filthiest motherfucker in Hollywood. I love him. <laughs> Have y'all ever seen the movie Hitch? Not to get off too long. Yes. Hitch? Hick. Yeah. Oh, it has him and Chloe oh Grace yeah, Moritz. yeah. That yeah. movie's fucked up. Yeah. I'm a I'm a Chloe Grace Moritz stan. Same. Ever since I was 14 and saw in the Let the Right One In remake. Yep. And it was very questionable at the time because I was a little older. I'm like, yo. She's obviously underage, and I'm a fan. This this feels fucking weird, dude. Cancelled. Yeah. Yeah, man. Left the chat. No. Yeah. <laughs> it sucks. She doesn't. Nah, really she's do great. Much anymore. I... Yeah. She was in the Suspiria remake too. That's she cool. Was See her in that. For like a little bit, dude. Yeah, not enough, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Chloe Grace Moretz episode. <laughs> yeah, I'm down. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. I don't know how we got there at all, but <laughs> I'm glad we did. <laughs> um, I will go next um, to talk about Halloween 3 season of The Witch, um, which may be the biggest cult classic of all time in terms of the fan base. And it has amassed, I know, um, and it still remains so because a lot of people still, you know, haven't come around to this film or haven't given it a chance because of the central, you know, conceit of Michael Myers not being in it. 
but he is. He is. Yeah, yeah. You, I think, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, it's a correction. He is. He's on a screen at one point. Um, but goddamn, man, like, I think we we had talked about this in our episode with the, we were talking about kids horror movies actually, but I'll reiterate, like, I wanted them to continue. In hindsight, if they continued making original stories with each subsequent Halloween movie, we would have come away with so many like creative and insane and wonderful horror movies. Like I'd wish they had kept up with it and maybe John Carpenter would have, you know, been around to help develop some of these stories. But nonetheless, we got Halloween three and I think is just such a joy to watch every time. Um, Super creative in its plotting, like a lot of these movies we talked about, but like to be murdering children um, is, is, is such a joy uh, and the commercialization <laughs> like this movie has a really has great commentary on just commercialization and you know uh, consumerism you know similar to like Dawn of the Dead where it uses that prism of horror to talk about how obsessive we are um, about products and channeling that through children is just pretty fucking awesome in my opinion uh, Tom Atkins in this movie plays like the scummiest motherfucker you can imagine. I love him in this movie. Um, the effects are top notch. The score is banging. And the ending is like top five poor endings of all time. I'm sure Ant-Man would agree. The ending is like just so good. It's so fitting to the themes of this movie. Uh, and it took a long time for me to come around on this movie. I always thought it was fine. Um, and it wasn't just because of the Michael Myers lore. Um over time, just I, I've grown to appreciate the hell out of this movie, and it looks so great on the on the Screen Factory 4K. I, I highly recommend picking that up. It looks insanely great. Um, yeah, I mean, I I feel like I I, I would have felt stupid not mentioning in this because like it is the quintessential uh, cult horror film, I think, in the American canon. Agreed. I'm I'm so happy that it's getting love because there for the longest time it was getting shitted on. And not getting the justice it deserved, so it's it's awesome to see it being embraced over the last couple of years. Totally, totally. Silver Shamrock. It's a very infectious uh, song. Like, I, if that song popped <laughs> on, like, if I'm watching, if a Silver Shamrock commercial were to pop on instead of any random ass commercial, like when you're watching, I don't know, YouTube that's not premium or something, like, I would totally sit through that. That'd be fine. Cool ass, <laughs> yeah, cool ass. Absolutely. <laughs> And then your eyes would explode out of your head. Yeah. <laughs> Take me out of my misery, please. <laughs> I still haven't seen uh, Halloween 3. Oh, dude. Do yourself a uh, favor, please. Please. It's so good, dude. I think I'll watch it this month. I have to. It's fucking October. It's the perfect... A lot of times I watch it on actual Halloween. You know, it's one of the ones that fits the mold of, of October so perfect, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Just, just like the tone of it all, the colors, everything. And Charlotte, have you seen it? I have. I think I may be in need of a critical reappraisal, though, because it didn't really <laughs> click with me that first time. It's okay. I On really one hand, wanted to love it because I'm not a huge Michael Myers fan. I know sacrilege, but um, yeah, I'm not either, to be honest. But he's he's daddy, though. What do you mean? Look at him. <laughs> <laughs> I could see that though, like if if like outside of the first Halloween, because the first Halloween is is a masterpiece. But mm-hmm. um, after that, like I could definitely see how somebody could say the rest of the films are questionable. But I mean, the recent um, trilogy is like oh, <laughs> I wouldn't I be, I I wouldn't be shocked if that turned. Yeah, yeah, they've kind of bastardized 
him pretty bad. So I, I agree. Yeah. Slashers those... just aren't really my shtick unless they're like yeah. super duper funny. Like I love, I'm more of a Nightmare on Elm Street child's play girl. Yeah, same, same here. I, I agree. I, I agree. Those franchises are, I think, better overall than Halloween because they they definitely. They, they just downgraded in quality so severely over time. But I think that the third one is also not a slasher. So I think yeah. you would like it a lot. Um, it's it, you got to watch it. I don't even know what to categorize very, it as. Very, yeah. I'm very curious to what it actually is. Cause you said it doesn't really have Michael Myers in it and it's nope. not a slasher. Nope. So what the fuck is it? <laughs> Dude, I, I can't even, I don't know. You got to, like, yeah, it's got a it's cool so atmosphere. Hard to picture it. Yeah. Yeah. It's got a really cool atmosphere. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, hell. oh yeah, I love it. I, I love a good horror atmosphere. <laughs> it's got an atmosphere to it and it's conspiracies. Uh it's got okay. scummy eighties characters. It's got a lot. Yep. Yeah, I mean, definitely, definitely recommend it, uh, especially in October. Um, shout out Tommy Lee Wallace. Uh he deserved a better he did like the it um TV show, I believe, also. Um for the it with Tim Curry. Um definitely oh, yeah. a talent. And he worked with Carpenter pretty closely. Uh, but anyway, uh, Charlotte, your number two. Okie dokie. My number two is a film that I love, and I found it because, like, <laughs> my favorite author mentioned it on her blog, like, years ago. And I feel like that's, like, such a cult classic thing, like, to find it, like, stumbling through the internet forums and things like <laughs> that. It's... um. Lamora, A Child's Tale of the Supernatural. It's a great, like, fantasy horror vampire movie because it's not an episode with Charlotte without mentioning vampires, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, <laughs> it's just got a great atmosphere, man. And, like, most people I don't think have, like, even heard of it. It has, like, a Synapse DVD release currently, and it's on YouTube, I want to say, in, like, really shit quality. I made Ant-Man watch it, and I think he liked it. So. I loved it. Thank you for that. That was a great recommendation, and I will champion a physical release any day. Yes. It needs a really good Blu-ray release, because I think it would look so good. It's got great creature effects, great acting, um, vibes, bro. Just the vibes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. What's it called again? Lamora, A Child's Tale of the Supernatural. I think it also has like the name Lady Dracula. It has like three names. I don't think the director ever went on to make another film because like this film was like there was like some controversy about it or something like that when it first came hmm. out. I want to say like it was probably like attacked by like the Christian right or some shit. But that sounds right. But it's great. It's a, um, it is a cult film. Mm-hmm. It was attacked by another cult. it's got this weird lovecraftian quality to it also that i just think i'm sold (laughs) you mentioned lovecraft i'm in immediately Mm -hmm. (laughs) um uh, yeah man any more thoughts on that i'm really curious about that uh definitely like i'm so thankful again it's charlotte opens up my eyes to things that i've never heard of and it's it's really cool because I'm at a point in my life like where I I feel like I've seen all there is to see, even though that's a stupid statement to make because there's literally hundreds of thousands of films out there. Um, but it's always awesome to like have somebody say, "Hey, check this out." You know, it's in a decade that I adore. Um, it's a subject matter that I love. 
Um, and yeah, it's truly is one of those hidden gems, a diamond in the rough that took some digging to find. And I'm totally glad that Charlotte actually recommended that one to me because that's one that, yeah, I, the fact that it hasn't have had like a proper Blu-ray release by now blows my mind. But then again, with like companies like Will Synapse and Vinegar Syndrome and stuff like that, um, digging up some pretty obscure stuff, I really hope that that's on the docket at some point because that would be a day one buy for me. And like, it's just really good. Um, the YouTube channel in Praise of Shadows has a really good essay on it and um, how it's the vampire movie they don't want you to see. And it really goes into like lesbian vampire themes and feminism and shit like that. It's great. Great video. Highly recommend checking it out if you get the chance. I was not sponsored to say that. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I'm I'm super intrigued. I got to check that out now, um, Carlos. All right. So this next film I've already talked about quite a bit on a different uh, podcast episode with Jake, and uh, I have a whole review on this film as well. And I feel like I've talked just a lot about this film in general already, so I probably won't go on too long about. Uh, I probably won't go on too long talking about it. Uh, but my number two is Tetsuo the Iron Man by oh, nice. Shinya, Shinya Sukamoto. Um, yeah, this is a film that I admire so fucking much. Um, my phone case is actually a Tetsuo graphic, and it's like my favorite phone case I've ever bought. But Tetsuo <laughs> is a film that like I just find it so fucking inspiring. I mean, he made this on an extremely low budget utilize stop motion animation to its fullest potential um it's filled with experimental editing experimental structure uh it's full of fucking uh, some pretty hardcore violence here and there um there's like one of the most unconventional experimental rape scenes that i've ever seen in a film um but it's all in a, in a weird way it feels cohesive it feels like everything that you witness in this film is bridging towards a purpose. And um, I just think this film is filled with artistic merit. It's filled with so much craft and it's batshit insanity um, at its finest. It gives you everything that you would want out of like just a batshit crazy horror film. But at the same time, I feel like it's embedded with so much artistic merit that I just, just have so much love for it. Um, so yeah, please, please, please check the film out. Um, I think it does classify under like a cult following type of film because I feel like on the grand mm -hmm. scheme of things, it's still like not the most known film out there. Um, but yeah. Great uh, pick. Yeah. I love that movie. Yeah, Thank I would you. agree, man. Like if, if uh, punk rock could be translated <laughs> into a film, that movie would be perfectly summing up what it is to be punk. Like, everything about it on 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 how it was made and, and the kind of i don't give a shit let me just make like do what i want type attitude watching yeah. that film gives me anxiety as a filmmaker because like i'm thinking of like later on whenever like he's transformed and there's all those practical effects and shit I'm like dude resetting that shit up over and over and over yeah like oh my dude. god how long did that take <laughs> 
Right. Yeah, I, w- I would never, I would have never taken on a project of this magnitude ever. Um, <laughs> it's, too, it's too much, dude. Like, I feel overwhelmed just filming my last short film, and just and that's has that's pretty bare bones for the most part. And just trying to imagine putting myself in the shoes of uh, Sukamoto putting this film together is fucking nightmare fueled me. <laughs> yeah. My friend Erica showed me that movie a few months ago, and like. I thought it was fucking great. It's yes. just such a great example of how beautiful black and white film can be mm. when used correctly. Yep. Highly, definitely agree on that. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, definitely same. the most ex- experimental and like risk, risk-taking movies that we've talked about just like takes the most unconventional choices as like a director you know, in terms of the camera work yeah. and sound effects and everything is like yeah the break, fucking sound break is too. yeah yeah like yeah, punk rock light. is really the perfect way to describe this movie's just presence in the in the in the film canon you know so yeah that, 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 so far to say that it's metal <laughs> twisted <laughs> that that fucking opening is so good <laughs> With that, like, industrial oh, yeah. music and, like, yeah. the main character wigging out and the camera going everywhere. It's fucking beautiful. Forgive my ignorance, but is there a good release of this movie on physical yes. media? Yes. Arrow video. Great release. The Arrow box. There's an Arrow box set that I heard is fucking fantastic. It is. Dude, you can get uh, it, like, right now for, like, 40 bucks and highly recommend it because it comes with, like, eight different movies oh, or some shit like that. It's so fucking... That box set is definitely worth it. Is it the Dang director's right. like? Is it the director's stuff in there, or yeah. what's yeah. there? Yeah. Oh shit! I think you get Tetsuo, Tetsuo Two, a Snake of June, Kodako, oh, and all kinds of shit. I got you. <laughs> Your camera went off. What happened? Um, He's I, getting I, something. Yeah, pause it. Oh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. He's breaking oh. rule number three. Yeah, dude. Come on, <laughs> I read the rules clearly. Yeah, dude. I'm sorry. I'm dead. No, no, it's okay. <laughs> There it is, dude. Oh, <laughs> oh my God, that's oh, amazing! Nice. It's wow. And then this is everything you get in there. Look at that! Car. Oh my God! Oh wait, hold on. Let me, let me read that. Hold on. Oh shit, bro! That's a lot of movies in one. Tokyo that's... Fist, Bullet Ballet, and Tetsuo are worth the price of admission for this alone. Damn. God, yeah. that guy knew what a title is. Films. Tokyo Fist. Yes. Yeah. What a king! I heard that film was fucking great. King in our miss. It is. Bullet, Bullet Ballet. ballet. Great too, sounds yeah. like a, that sounds like a John Woo picture in a way. Yeah. Shout out Bullet to uh, Payne Raven of the Misfit Pond Discord. Yeah, uh, I I bought the I bought this box set long before that, but he really made me want to watch Tokyo Fist and Bullet Ballet after his raving reviews and they're fucking great. Yeah. Damn. Almost gonna buy that now. Um do you wanna go next? Number four. Uh, you were up, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I promise this was not planned, but again, I'm oh, piggybacking shit. off of Charlotte. Uh, you mentioned vampires and then specifically lesbian vampires. Uh, <laughs> and so I'm going to have to talk about 1986's Vamp by Richard Wink, who is famous for the Equalizer films, weirdly enough. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, but back then he made this beautiful vampire masterpiece starring Grace Jones. If you don't know who she is, uh, amazing singer. She's a singer. She's a model. She's a goddess. 
Uh, and then Robert Wrestler from Nightmare on Elm Street 2, which is one of my favorite of the Elm Street uh, franchise. And it's very yes. much uh, often overlooked as a shitty film, but it's, it's it's the gay Nightmare on Elm Street. And I love it very much, near and dear. It's one of the first ones I saw. But Vamp, Me too. Um, and yeah, it's it's these these guys that go into a strip club thinking it's going to be uh, just, you know, a a fun night of hanky panky and it turns out they walk into the wrong strip club because it's overrun by vampires um awesome fucking soundtrack I, I absolutely adore the soundtrack uh it's just a really fun time and i don't ever hear anybody talking about vamp uh, which is sad because it's got some good releases this is an older arrow um uh, release back like when it was only uh, arrow uh uk so it comes with, like these weird ass like little things, um, but yeah, D- Vamp is definitely one of those that uh, how we were talking about uh, like Hen and Lauder films and stuff like that, where it's, you put it on because you just want to have like a batshit fun time and just like let your mind go and just you know drink some beer or something like that and like just eat some popcorn and have fun. Vamp is definitely right right there for that, and uh, I've wrecked it, I think once or twice, and uh, nobody nobody's picked it, but it. I'm not going to stop until everybody watches it. So, vamp. It's my right. biggest blind spot, I think. Like I've been I, dying to see it for years. Same here. Haven't. It's so good. I, the, both of y'all, I would think y'all would really, really, really enjoy it. You just sold it Grace, very well. Grace Jones alone, <laughs> dude. She's just in this movie. She's just a, she's mm-hmm. a goddess, dude. And like some her some of like the visuals of her in there just they should be iconic if they're not iconic like i was about to say the image of her in that costume is just so fucking like mm-hmm. a cultural phenomena that or should be a cultural phenomena i, I definitely agree very pissed off on rupaul's drag race when they did great night of a thousand grace joneses and no one did a vamp look that makes me Sacrilege. i didn't know that until right now and that makes me even more sad damn yeah definitely a sacrilege <laughs> honestly um she she, uh, she i don't know if she's done a lot of like acting acting roles i know she's an actress but i don't know how like i'm not familiar with like her acting side i am very familiar with her modeling side and her singing side um but yeah it's and this just, one just goes so good she's just got that like david bowie energy yep. quality to her that is just like yeah undefinable Damn, could not have summed that up better. Yes, very much David Bowie-esque. Nice. Yeah. Carlos, That's a beautiful... Vamp? No, I haven't even heard of this movie. <laughs> Add it to the Carlos hates the gays. Yeah, that's another one that's you on there. me to it, I was about to say it. Oh. <laughs> uh, it's yeah it's been on my watch list for a long time i have a whole like queer horror movie watch list that i'm trying to get through um but yeah yeah, that's what i've been like i'm just i'm I'm mostly here to learn because <laughs> like <laughs> i i've i think in total i've heard about three movies that i just have never heard of in my entire life so yeah but the your movies that you your movies that you picked are pretty they fit the mold that's like just as well as all of ours so yeah you're part definitely. of it man that's good to know <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah sit back and learn more i guess <laughs> it's been a great uh they, i mean like yeah vamps fam, i've always bought that arrow so many is it an arrow right yeah it's arrow 
the edition. I almost blind bought it so many times because I know it's going to be a banger. Of a, it, would, it would not be a bad so. idea for you to blind buy it. <laughs> Maybe it's at Barnes and Nobles during this sale. I'll fuck the Criterions. I'll get vamps. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I highly recommend it. Uh, can't say enough good words about it. Sick. Cool. I will finish us off or I'll kick us off to finish us off with my second favorite horror film of all time. Um, and I think, again, similar to Halloween 3 is one of the quintessential cult horror movies just on reputation and everything we've been talking about. But it is Stuart Gordon's magnum opus Reanimator, um, which is a, just a milestone in horror cinema, in my opinion. Um, I and mentioned you mentioned Lovecraft earlier and Lovecraft is a, a big inspiration on me um, as a creative, you know, as an aspiring filmmaker and writer and all that stuff. He he is one of a kind. And this is maybe the greatest adaptation of his work um, I've ever seen. And Stuart Gordon is just I, he doesn't get talked about enough, in my opinion, up there with Hedenlader and Cronenberg and um other body horror filmmakers i think he's just as good as them based on reanimator and from beyond alone i think those are incredible milestones in horror but reanimator is just the medical horror is one of my favorite subgenres of horror mainly because the whole concept of dissecting the human body and having a familiarity with like anatomy and all that stuff really grosses me out as I feel like most people that aren't, you know, medical professionals and this movie really gets to the heart of that fear um, and just takes it to just so many insane and hilarious lengths. Um, I mean, the lead Jeffrey Combs in this movie is like one of my favorite horror performances ever. Um, and not to mention the queen Barbara Crampton in this movie is fantastic. Um, she's one of the biggest icons of horror um, in my opinion. And this movie, it just, it's, I would, I would, rightfully describe it as a horror comedy um even though it does tackle some pretty fucked um and especially timely things you know being metaphors for like stds in the 80s when that was rampant and this kind of sexual repression that was so you know it was like playing both sides into within the, the narrative of this movie which is i think is stuart gordon's doing i think he's such a genius to incorporate that stuff um and ultimately a film about like fragile masculinity and like this kind of demented uh, concept taking over this guy who's like the scientist um, or medical student. Sorry. Um, and yeah, just the best. I love it dearly. Um, have any of y'all heard or seen of this movie? <laughs> uh, that was almost on my list. It was, it was right there teetering on making the list for me or not. Um, Stuart Gordon is definitely RIP. Um, yes. Absolute. I, again, another one, I, a individual I got to meet. Um, super, super nice guy. And man, like even like uh, Castle Freak and stuff like that. Like, yeah, he's got Dolls. a lot. Yep. He's his, his filmography is like pretty much like quintessential to um, 80s and early 90s horror. Um, that in a way that a lot of other people weren't able to like kind of carry the torch throughout those yeah. the, those decades like i think Stuart gordon is he, he's usually never him his name is never brought up in conversation but his films are always brought up in conversation that's what's really sad dude i oh, can't man. remember if i've actually seen reanimator or not 
Yeah, it's dead. Details later, dude. That's all you need to know. <laughs> I can't fucking remember. I know Stuart. I know about Stuart Gordon, but you for would, some reason, I, I feel like I saw it, but I don't remember it. You would definitely like, remember Reanimator. I'm having yeah. Alzheimer's right now, dude. <laughs> I was about to say. <laughs> Your uh, uh, Siamese attack, yeah. What are, what, are, uh, what what's some other films that that he's made? Well, From Beyond. Is, From Beyond is like his second most famous. He also directed yeah. a film with Dennis Hopper called Space Truckers. Yep. Pride of Reanimator. <laughs> yep, Pride of is another good one. That was actually Brian, Brian, Brian Usna, who did Society, directed the sequels, which is... Oh, fuck, he did? Yeah, yeah, he did Bride and that makes sense. the third one. Yeah, because he produced Reanimator, too. I know yeah. he was like... And wrote it, I think. I don't... But... He's instrumental in Reanimator, so I, yeah. I just love those guys. Yeah, yeah, damn. Yeah, but yeah, if you, I know. I feel like I know I saw Reanimator, but I can't remember it. That's like early sign of Alzheimer's. I'm scared. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> it's okay, dude. You gotta Fuck, dude. It. I triggered something within you. <laughs> yeah, because I uh, I think I watched it for a movie night or something, and for some reason I can't remember. I, I remember brief flashes of imagery that I can't even put my finger on, but I know that I've seen it. I'm, oh, I'm looking in letterbox. Oh, I'm looking to see if you've logged it. Did uh, you Snorlax through it and fall asleep? <laughs> it's, that's maybe what it is. I probably did Snorlax through it. I fucking... that's, a, that's a possibility, but that's a little, that's heresy in a way too. Yeah. One of my nah. favorite things you to check do it in out. chat is to wake up before everyone else has woken up and see that Perry and Carlos are still in chat because they've fallen asleep <laughs> yes. and join voice chat and just say some fucked up shit to hopefully seep into their <laughs> dreams. <laughs> yep. That's part of why I've been having nightmares lately. <laughs> All me. She's I Freddy Krueger in you. <laughs> yeah, I love like being in the middle of a voice chat and you hear Perry's sweet sound of snoring. It's like so relaxing. <laughs> like Totoro snoring. <laughs> gentle rumble, yeah. It's very comforting. But regardless, you should you should check it out if if you don't remember it. It's I'm gonna watch it again. It's quintessential shit. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. So that's my number one. Uh Charlotte, what is yours? Okay, so my number one pick is a movie that I fell in love with when I was like 14 or 15. Um, it led me to like seek out other cult classics because I enjoyed it so much. It's um, Repo the Genetic Opera, gory horror musical in the tradition of Repo, or not Repo, in the tradition of Rocky Horror. Um, it's a fun ass time it has this cult following of fans who just really fucking adore it i've been to um like two or three events i want to say where i've gotten to meet um its creator terence zedonic um and he's just like super cool dude super duper sweet um the songs in it are super duper fun i personally love um paris hilton <laughs> in it um she's great um paul servino's great everyone's great um alexa vega from spy kids fame is my kids yeah <laughs> um it's just a really fun time super gory um weird fun songs aesthetically my vibe super gothy just fun time about a fucking 
brief synopsis. It's dystopian future where people be where surgery becomes an aesthetic thing and organ failure is rampant. So check it out. And if you don't pay your debts, you get your organs repossessed. Mm-hmm. Oh wow. shit! Wow. This is another one that's been on my watch list for way too long. Um, I think you would like it. Yeah. I don't know if anyone else would, but I think you would like it. <laughs> I think Carlos I would, would hate too. it. I hate it. Is it like the vein of uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, the John John Cameron Mitchell movie, um, Hedwig. It's kind of like the new the horror Hedwig. I guess in a way, but not really. That's, you just compare it. To no, just meaning like it it divides, you know, the Discord yeah. up. Oh, probably definitely. This movie yeah. would definitely divide the Discord up. And it's yeah. like a legitimate opera. Like there's yeah. there's not a single sequence of spoken dialogue. Everything is sung. It's incredible. Uh, yeah, I don't, I'm so I'm so into that. I don't, I don't really like movies like that. I know. <laughs> there's a lot visually going on that you might like. Mm-hmm. Isn't it the director of like the Saw sequels? Um, I think it's produced by um Darren Lynn Balsman. Oh, okay. For some reason, I thought he directed that movie. I can't remember if he directed it, but I know that he produced it. He may have co-directed it with um Terrence Sedanek. Oh, okay. That just is not in his wheelhouse, really. That's that's surprising. Okay, directed Saw Two director Darren Lynn Balsman. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. It's yeah, got some it, stri- striking imagery for sure. <laughs> looking at the stills. It sucks because like when this movie came out, that other movie Repo Man came out. I think it was yeah, Repo Man. Um and I think uh both of those movies just kind of fucked each other over because mm-hmm. uh the wrong <laughs> one was getting all the attention and Repo the Genetic Opera. Uh thankfully it found its foot. It's it, you know, it's its feet. Uh, but when it first came out, people were kind of shitting on it, saying, "Oh, it's it's a rip off of Repo Men." And like, no, not at all. <laughs> Wait, and what do you to, mean? to your defense, also Paris Hilton was great in there, and I think this might be a really hot take, but I think Paris Hilton was great in the House of Wax remake. I was about to say she could have been a great scream queen. <laughs> yep. Like, yeah. and I think I discovered this movie because like it was in a trailer for it was shown during like the fucking my bloody valentine remake and that was the only oh. good thing i got out of that movie <laughs> that's, that's that's a horrible horrendous remake yeah awful you said repo man like the alex cox movie that no. came out or is there no. another repo man that i'm not it- there's another one. It has like um, Forrest Whitaker and somebody else. Oh, same, yeah. Like, same yeah, synopsis, like... essentially, just minus the opera singing. It's people fucking, you know, they they, they get uh, organs on loan, and if they can't pay it, they come and repossess them from their bodies. And it sucks that they both came out at the same time. And then, then you add on top of Repo the Genetic Opera being a rock opera, and people are definitely not wanting to give that one a chance. And I saw that like in a the theater. Like, I think here it had it was a one and done showing, and so I made sure my ass was there. And it's really fucking good. I blew me blew me away. All you need to know is that Zydrate comes in a little glass vial. Yep, <laughs> little glass vial. Awesome. <laughs> 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 
buy. No, Carlos is like, this is one of the ones that I'm not adding to my list. <laughs> <laughs> he put it on a shit list. Yeah. Paris Hilton, yeah. check. Yeah. <laughs> Done. I'm, yeah. I'm, here, I'm just here to learn. Let's <laughs> um, learn you into some rock opera, dude. <laughs> Joan Jett's in this movie? Hold on. <laughs> what the fuck? Is she? I didn't realize. I don't remember. She says, Joan Jett has a credit in this movie as guitarist number or guitar player, I guess. Uncredited. She's probably in the, in the background, but that's the raddest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. As Bill Mosley's also in this, too. There's a yeah. lot. This movie's got a lot going for it, as I said before. <laughs> I can't wait yeah. to watch it. The uh, songs are definitely infectious. Like, uh, even still to this day, like, I'll find myself, like, throwing on the soundtrack every once in a while and just jamming out. Brave Robber. Yes, that's <laughs> one of my favorite songs. Yeah. Oh, I will watch this real fast. It looks like a must-see masterpiece, in my opinion. But I yeah, not, not for all, for all. Do you guys are you guys fans of Phantom of the Paradise? Yes, Brian De Palma's Phantom of the Paradise. Yeah, real fucking good. quick. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it's like this uh, these kind of deconstructions of operas and like you know music like that it, mixed with horror is something I love. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm very much into that. Um, me it's like a perfect mix it's two of my favorite genres you know horror musical definitely um carlos yes go ahead all right (laughs) um (laughs) all right my number one cult horror film on my list is uh a film from peter jackson that is known as brain dead or dead alive depending on how you call it um yeah this is a film that i actually have a video for i reviewed it i think like three years ago now at this point um and it's just incredible uh this is a film i feel like brain dead made me appreciate kind of just like dumb fun b-grade horror before like because before i didn't really like really give that much shit about it i just kind of wrote it off as like a, like a whatever genre but after watching brain dead i started to appreciate that genre of filmmaking a whole lot more um it's just to me like the ultimate masterpiece and just a master class demonstration of what makes that genre so great um i mean it delivers on pretty much every single front that you could think of it's fucking hilarious from start to finish it's ridiculous <laughs> It's fucking the most campiest film I've ever seen. It's the most bloodiest film I've ever seen. I think it actually still holds the record for the most the most amount of blood ever in a film. Could be wrong, but yeah. it's very high up there. It's um, definitely up there. Um, it's full of one-liners. And again, just like it's, it's in one way, it's really crazy that, you know, Peter Jackson, who is now known as the guy that, made all of the uh, Lord of the Rings films, you know, before he made those films, he was making fucking like B grade horror films. And it's kind of weird to think about that. Like in one way it doesn't make sense, but in another way it actually does because the amount, this film, just the sheer magnitude of putting this film together is insane. And I think like, you know, uh, distributors and producers saw that Peter Jackson was able to handle a project of this magnitude 
and felt comfortable kind of giving him a big project like Lord of the Rings because trust me, with a film like Brain Dead, I mean, first of all, like so much of this film is already like fucking crazy with the amount of practical effects and just like the fucking the, the chaos that ensues in this film. But like the final like 35 minutes, like the entire third act of this film that takes place like in the house is like it's it's fucking mind blowing. It's absolutely mind blowing. Um, just all the practical effects, all of the extras that were involved. Um, these really gigantic pieces of practical effects. Uh, it's just really, really insane stuff. I mean, it's nonstop engagement, nonstop insanity. And there's just no way that you can watch this film and just not have an absolute fucking blast with it. It's just super impressive on like every single phase of filmmaking that I could think of. It's just like this film set out exactly what it, it needed to do plus a shitload more. And I've seen it like three times now and it just gets better every single fucking time. I just really, really love it. Um, so yeah, this is like one that you've been sleeping on or you somehow have ne like never heard of. I highly suggest watching it because goddamn, this film is, it it is super impressive and super entertaining and super hilarious. So yeah, number one, brain dead. It was originally my number one until I heard you were gonna put it on like your list. Oh shit, Carlos! Fuck me! <laughs> oh no, I, I'm super happy you did because it gave me the chance to talk about the human centipede. <laughs> yeah, oh, nice. <laughs> uh, one door closes, the other opens. You know, as they say. Um, I'm glad you mentioned Peter Jackson's career arc though, because it is fascinating. That I mean, Bad Taste is another really good little indie horror movie. Um, that he did really early on and like to see him assemble these productions is like insane. Yeah. Um, and the amount of moving parts, I mean like Ray Mia too, like he, he got Spider-Man because he, he filmed the first evil dead on like the, the smallest of budgets, you know, like off of bribing dentists to pay for the movie. And that like, that's the result you get is like, it's some of my favorite things in, in, in filmmaking in general is just to see someone pull something off, like against all the odds in the world against them. And, rightfully become massive you know filmmakers in the long run um yeah i think jackson and Bramy have that that similar trait you know definitely oh go ahead charlie oh will and i were talking about like this exact thing the other day and how like how um ballsy it was for studios to like give these directors um chances with um these huge properties like Spider-Man and the Lord of the Rings um, and how like, unfortunately I don't feel like we see studios taking risk like that anymore. When no way. Reality, I think <laughs> we, we should. Yeah. yeah. And if they do, they don't, they don't, they don't allow the artists any of their like creative freedom. So it's pointless. Yep. Yep. Give Tom Sitz a fucking Marvel movie. <laughs> Let him direct the Blade Mia Goth movie. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, Mahershala Ali and Mia Goth uh, ass to mouth. would love to see that fan fiction. <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, what's wild is like Peter Jackson's first three movies, like Bad Taste, like um, he made those practical effects in his mom's oven, you know, mm -hmm. himself. And like, I don't know if you've ever seen bad taste, any of all besides, I, I, I know for a fact you have Jake, but yeah. uh, any of the other, I don't know if you have seen bad taste, but like 
Man, that's some pretty fucking impressive, like, yeah. uh, uh, skills to be able to make that level of like prosthetics in a small ass oven, some randomly in New Zealand. But then you follow your first feature up with a, a prosthetic heavy film to now one that's with puppets, Meet the Feebles, mm-hmm. uh, which is another like, fuck, you don't, you just don't do that for your second film. It's that's usually reserved for much later, and then. You go to Dead Alive or Brain Dead, uh, and it's just gore-tastic. And, and just thinking about another like logistical nightmare in terms of setups and stuff like that. Like, yep. He was yeah, either A, it. he's really, really good at logistics, or B, he's just a glutton for punishment because like all three of those films could be an absolute nightmare to direct. And, and yet those are the first three that he decided to, to direct, which is insane. Needs to get on those remasters. Yep, ASAP. I was just about to say oh that too, God. Peter I've Jackson. Been... If you're watching, we need the 4Ks of those <laughs> now. Yeah, I've been waiting for that for like close to a decade now. Like a box set of those three would be just. I could go oh my, my God, entire yeah. life without another Peter Jackson movie if he would do that. Um, yeah, gladly. Really that would be a day one pre-order right there. Known for his yes. work. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see like Peter Jackson just do another like horror movie. Like, Same. oh man, that would be amazing. But he hasn't even like cared to go back to his roots at all. Fuck no, dude. He's going back to a ten ten. He's making a sequel to ten ten. I know. Oh. He's he's more of like computer generated minded nowadays. Like like a yeah. Robert Zemeckis type that's not really in touch with like you know the art of filmmaking anymore. It's more like the big picture, you know enterprise minded which is kind of sad but i, I will mean, say deserves to do what he wants at this point in a way they, but, sh- they yeah. shall not grow old was a fucking fantastic documentary that he did and like the amount of like restoration that he did on that world war one footage yeah. and like putting voices to to people that obviously didn't have a voice because it was recorded in world war one and and colorized some of the footage and shit mm-hmm impressive but yeah please go back to your horror roots peter jackson that's what we want you to do you've already done the lord of the rings let's go back exactly that being said i am a lovely bones truther i still need to see it i need to see it too i'm not a fan of lonely bones (laughs) it's an insane premise whenever i read it i'm like holy fuck what is he doing but it looks i I remember like i remember i liked the first half of that movie but in the second half it just kind of I don't know. It just kind of gets a little like fucking convoluted and not very compelling. But it's been over like it's been like at least eight years since I've seen it. I I blind bought it on Blu-ray. I still own it somewhere. I saw it <laughs> in <Wow>. theaters <laughs> when it came out with my mom. Good times. Damn. I remember back to then thinking like how aesthetically like beautiful it was, and it has not aged well in that department at all because. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh no! Yeah. Yeah, that's Heavenly, definitely on my list. Heavenly Creatures is a very underrated uh, Peter Jackson yeah. film, too. Agreed. The, sure. really, he's got some gems out there. Um, he scarred me when I was yeah. in like fifth grade and I, or fourth grade, and I remember like clipping through, and I saw the fucking thingy, and I saw that it was rated R, and I was like, ooh, I'm going to read. I'm going <laughs> to watch this behind my parents' back, and like I get like the first scene that I see is like the rock oh, scene. The, Jesus the scene. <laughs> yeah. I was like, no. literally yeah. <laughs> made me sick to my stomach. <laughs> God, the acting in that movie is insane. Like Kay Winslet and Melanie Linsky, like mm-hmm. so incredible. 
in, in that Melanie movie. Lewinsky is so underrated. She's so great. Yeah, she doesn't get enough praise. Um, tangent over, I guess. <laughs> hey, man, keep going. <laughs> you can, um, uh, you're the last one, I guess. Yeah. So uh, I I do have two honorable mentions. If we can talk about honorable mentions afterwards, because this this last spot was I, do, really, I have a few too. <laughs> it's really fucking hard for me, and for various reasons. Um, but I, I had to go with the one. Um, I remember seeing this VHS like back in the early days of like I'm pretty sure it was like Suncoast or something like that. And uh, I remember seeing this, and I'm like so fixated on the cover art that I needed to own this VHS. It's, this is long before DVDs, and the fact that I still have it—not only do I still have it, but it's still wrapped and it still has the price tags. I can't believe I spent thirty fucking dollars on this thing <laughs> back when I was a kid. Um, but it's 1986's Slaughter High. Got the the D or VHS and the Blu-ray, both from Vestron. Awesome. Um, from George Dougal, which Doug Dale, he didn't really do anything else after that. Uh, I remember how earlier I said I was going to bring this back to Casino Royale. Well, his wife, Carolyn Monroe, starred in this movie, who was also in Maniac and the original Casino Royale, which is dope. Um, oh, right. Yeah. The crazy she, one from the 60s. Yeah. Yeah. She's yeah. another one I met. She's sweetheart. And I, you know, she told me I had a, I have a poster of Slaughter High that I had her sign, and she told me to send it to like her address so her husband can sign it and i never did and now he's dead so that sucks um but slaughter high is is i'm not going to say this movie is reinventing the wheel because it's not it really isn't but like it's 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 absolutely fun it's um uh this this kid in high school i think his his marty uh, they keep making fun of him and and you know teasing him and picking on him and he's kind of a pervert. Let's be honest, like uh, all <laughs> of us weirdos kind of were perverts back in the day. Um, but in typical, true typical '80s uh, high school fashion, they play a prank on him and uh, it goes a little bit too far and he gets doused in like all sorts of crazy ass chemicals, a la Toxic Avenger, uh, but in a high school setting. Years later, um, those same individuals decide to come back to a, a reunion, a high school reunion. They get to the high school. It's fucking closed. And instead of leaving, they decided to break in and they all start dying one by one mysteriously. And they are being hunted down by Marty once again. Um, I love this film so much. I love the soundtrack. The soundtrack is so fucking good. It, it is literally like... Your typical 80s soundtrack um, on steroids, which is great. The 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 theme song for it is just it's infectious. You hear it once, you will always remember it. At least for the first like 30 seconds, you'll always remember it. Um, but yeah, like this film, I never hear anybody talk about Slaughter High ever. And this is the one of the earliest memories I have of buying a VHS of, of any any VHS, let alone horror. And it all was based off of just the the, the cover art. Um, which you know, a skeleton graduating high school that's pretty dope, <laughs> and uh, that started off my love of going to Blockbuster and just picking up stuff based off of cover arts. So I'm like, well, I have a good track record with this, let me continue on with that. Uh, and you know, sometimes it was a hit and sometimes it was a miss, but um, I do miss those days of just going based off of the cover art. It sucks that most posters now suck anyway. Um, Back in the 80s and the early 90s and stuff, posters had a lot more pizzazz to them. But yeah, Slaughter High. If you've never seen it, definitely add it to your list, please. 
it's a romping good time. Nice. I unfortunately have not watched it yet, but yeah. I've heard nothing but just incredible things from from horror fans. So yeah, that's I'll get to that. It's a, the yeah. the premise alone is just sounds so fucking fun. <laughs> it is. It's a blast. Yeah. yeah. Surprise, surprise. I've never heard of it, but I. Uh, <laughs> but it sounds dope for sure. Dude, if there was ever a movie out of this list that would like make a really fun movie night, that would probably be it. Okay. So that might be my next movie night pick. Oh, fuck that yeah. and the human human centipede, yeah, yeah, too. The, <laughs> the second one, yeah, it's just getting more fucked up. It's one hundred percent medically inaccurate. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, I guess that's it, huh? Do you, do yeah, you want to do honorable mention? I mean, I I will do it in like less than a minute, probably. I just have two. Yeah. I'll just say Day of the Dead by Romero is my favorite Romero movie. I think it's underrated as hell. Um, it's really like strong, central female character that I, I think is just groundbreaking stuff. Um, and the, Tom Savini's effects. I think we talked about this. I'm, I'm having deja vu. I think we talked yep. about this on our episode. Oh, yeah. uh, but it fucking rips. It's so good. Um, and I will say uh, Sleepaway Camp is my other one I want to just quickly mention, <laughs> which is like... <laughs> one of the most bad shit insane movies to ever exist in my opinion um and just a movie i could throw on any october or just any weekend at like super late at night and it's just just so I've been much fun to see that one for a while just haven't seen it yet but i've heard great things about it it's definitely it was on my on my honorable mentions list it's oh it's yeah <laughs> yeah really it good. was right there um yeah, I remember watching that film like way too young, and <laughs> I was like, "Oh man, like I'm not gonna. I don't want to continue with no, that." No, yeah, cause, we because <laughs> the, the ending, the ending is definitely like it could be spoiled, especially if you don't know shit about it. But we, I was we like, "Oh, not. yeah, yeah, this exists. Awesome." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's I genuinely. Think, I've never had the rug pulled out for me, like quite like the end of that movie. I'll say that just yeah. like my interpretation of everything just completely changed yep i love it Melissa rose Mm -hmm. yeah god amazing performance do you guys got any doom generation the only reason i didn't put it in is because i didn't really feel like it fit the horror part of cult horror but i feel like dread rocky is a great example of a director whose film sort of fell into obscurity and now finally is sort of getting his flowers definitely agree absolutely that reminds me actually john waters is another one that like not classically horror but one of the most important like cult directors in general of all time and one of my personal like heroes in film for sure yep. um, so like all his, all his movies yeah for sure serial yeah, mom one, i mean <laughs> yeah one one that i was thinking about that i don't know if y'all would agree counts is uh it's like it's a more of a modern film uh, but when I think of cult horror that's like in the making, I think of Mandy. Um, oh. like Mandy is, I feel like, already a cult classic, and it's only been out for like whatever, like three years, four years. Um, Hard to categorize uh, that movie in a genre in a way, but I, I definitely I could see that for sure. That would give like a cult classic in general, you know? Yeah, for sure. I'm probably the minority. I both I equally love and hate that film. <laughs> I, I do t- i also do as well like i'm not fully in love with it um i love the second half of the film a lot the first half is 
much to be desired to me. Uh, there's things that I enjoy I about agree. it, but man, sometimes it gets to where it looks like a, I'd much rather watch paint dry at that point. But <laughs> but then whenever it gets into it, it's it's, it's great. Um, mm. But definitely, yeah, like. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, no I was just saying, like, definitely, like it. it that is is a cult classic in the making. Like I remember watching that when it came out, and like the fucking buzz around that movie just exploded, and everybody wanted Cheddar Goblin merch and all sorts of other stuff. And like that yeah. movie definitely took off in a way that I had no idea that it would do. Absolutely Very excited for his new film. I think it's called Necrocosm or some shit like that. That's cool. I'll give it a shot. Whoa. Yeah, like it's funny that that you say that ant man because my when i first watched the movie my reaction was was the exact opposite like i loved the first half of this movie like a lot i was like i was like the fucking pace the atmosphere the vibe i was just so fucking absorbed into everything that the film was doing and then the second half happened and i was like okay now this is just kind of your you're just kind of whatever dumb fun revenge gortastic be great movie um so <laughs> it was it was a it was a different reaction for me but upon rewatch i did, i've come to love both halves like i don't want to say equally because i still love the first half a little more but i have come to have like a lot more fun with the second half and i just appreciate the film so much as a whole now i 100 percent agree with you carlos Thank you. Yeah, I, I'm I'm, I'm no stranger to being in the minority on that one, and that's totally fine. <laughs> it's funny though, because honestly, like I hear most people say what you're saying, Ant Man. Like I remember walking away from that film almost like I, I heard nothing but complaints about the first half. Like everybody was talking about how slow it was and how boring it was. And then like once the revenge element kicked in, that's when everybody started loving it. It's not even that being slow or boring, because I think it was gorgeous and I it was not boring at all. It just it never really clicked for me, um, and yeah, it it got to some some parts where I'm just like it's like watching paint dry. Um, <laughs> but I do respect them. I own the movie. I have the the steel book of it. I do respect it. I I know it has artistic merit. I I own it, um, and the fact that like it it, it kickstarted the Nicolas Cage resurgence. I'm all for that. Yeah, for uh, sure. Fucking without that, I don't know if we would have gotten the amazing uh, films like Pig, which got yeah. shafted at the fucking oscars and i will always yeah. say that um yeah dude damn it man but yeah i i will appreciate that film for those aspects and and, and exactly what like um at least visually the, the first half is just is gorgeous it really mm -hmm. is gorgeous i would love to see a 4k of that um just just to get some hdr and like further delve into it a little bit more but yeah i saw um cosmatos's uh, short it's not even a short film it's almost it's like an hour long film on the uh, cabinet of curiosity i love uh, that it's, it's, so it's, good. Called, it's called the viewing yeah. um honestly i thought it was all right <laughs> same dude um, i like it so much more than mandy I, that's where i'm in the minority <laughs> oh dude no bro. i thought it was no. so fucking good you're fucking smoking crack on that something one. in that what was that i didn't that was like my favorite episode of that show no, nah, wow. I mean, I've only seen two. I've, I've seen the first episode, and I didn't like it very much. So I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to skip it to the fucking Panos Cosmatos episode. And uh, I was disappointed by it. I mean, it's not bad, but it was just kind of underwhelming. Charlotte, but, you might actually like that one. Because visually, it's it's very it's beautiful. Like the room that they're in, 
uh, yeah. during majority of it, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's very cosmos. It's, it's awesome. But uh, I, I, I think that was probably my favorite of the season, the, that season or series, if it's just the one and done. Um, but yeah, that's not saying so. much because I, I didn't really like any of the other ones. Um, but I feel like that one, in terms of visually, um, had the most bang for its book. It looked really pretty. Yeah. That's kind of my thing with it. Yeah. And I just, it doesn't like necessarily work as like a story. And I don't think any of them do, like, none of them really hooked me, but at least that I feel like on a filmmaking level was like some of the best thing like I've ever seen in a show. Like, yeah. It I mean, took it so was, many risks and just super fun. Um, I mean, it was a lot better than the first one because the first, the first episode, I was like, this is just fucking like on the nose and, yeah. Oh, yeah. Not yeah. not very engaging, and then it just built up to something that was like, okay, who, who gives a shit? Um, <laughs> so I was like, uh, and then Panos Cosmatos one, I was like, this is a a lot better than the first one, but still, like, for what I know, what he can do, especially with Mandy, I was like, it's kind of underwhelming. Wow. But I'm shocked. But I, I thought you guys would love that. <laughs> no, I mean it's funny because my mom has been like telling me like so much to watch all of them she's like in love with like every episode she thinks oh my god yeah. it's so good. Gotta watch it. and then she watched upon us cosmatos one she's like yeah that one was really good she's like it's really good too but it was it was really weird you don't really know what's you know, gonna happen and, and it's weird <laughs> and, <laughs> and i was like all right with well, that i was like I, I told her from the get-go i'm like that's the one i actually want to watch the most because it's from a director that i I've seen one of his films before and I love it. And she's like, well, you should watch it. And I finally watched it. And I was so far, it's not off to the best start with both the ones that I've seen, but I'll still try to give a few more shots and see what I think. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be renewed sadly. Cause I know it was like, it definitely had a lot of mixed reactions when it came out, but I just like the idea of just, uh, it's a lot of really interesting, you know, like Jennifer Kent, I know made one and yeah, uh, all these really great talented directors. Um, but yeah, Left a little to be desired, I guess, in the long run. Have any of y'all seen Beyond the Black Rainbow? Dude, I've, I've been tried to. to. I've never. I do have, I, I've wrecked it like so many times and it never wins. I fall asleep every time I start watching it. <laughs> really? <laughs> Damn. See, what's wild is like I I find Beyond the Black Rainbow so much better than Mandy and I know damn well I'm in the minority there. I've heard people really praise Beyond the Black Rainbow, though. Like it's it's good. It's another it's another like to have that be your first film and you're coming out swinging uh, with that level of like visual creativity. It's you're you're gonna have a cool career. I don't know if it's gonna be a big career, but you're definitely gonna have a cool career. And then Mandy followed up with that, and then you know then he's gotten attached with Guillermo del Toro, which is cool. You know, with Cabinet of Curiosities, that's cool. Uh, he's got an interesting career. I'll see where it goes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm definitely dying to see when film. you can watch one of his films. Exactly. <laughs> Although watching one of his films nah. on acid is even better. Ooh. Oh my! <laughs> oh my God! I can imagine <laughs> Mandy and like your high peaks right when the revenge aspect starts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what it's made I'm, for. I'm brave, but not that brave. No, no, no fucking way. <laughs> All right, uh, are we doing a list or is is what do you guys um, want to do? 
I, w- I will. I just want to throw these two out real quick. Uh, oh yeah, sorry, we never finished the honorables. Yeah. No, no, you're good. Uh, this one was it was very hard for me not to include it because it it's a it's a new found love for me, and I'm breaking into the '90s now, out of the '70s and '80s into the '90s. Um, this director is is noted for films such as Necromantic and Trom and stuff like that, but I'm going with 1990s Der Todes King. Can't really show much of it on here. Oh, AKA the Death King. Uh, from an artistic standpoint, this movie is awesome. Uh, uh, the soundtrack is incredible. And it's funny, uh, a lot of the people that actually hate Necromantic 1, 2, and Trom absolutely adore Der Totes King, Totus King, however you want to pronounce it. Um, uh, if you've never seen it, it's, it's literally just little vignettes of people dying in various ways from murder to suicide over the course of seven days. And it's in, uh, in the middle of that, like, uh, there's a little clips of a body decomposing and uh, it's, it's really cool. I I fucking honestly, like the rest of the films, you you could say what you will about them, but like that film, like I really wish you would have kind of continued going in that direction because really interesting i gave it a nine out of ten i watched it three times in one week and i just couldn't stop stayed wow. on my mind for the longest time perry wow. uh bad Zeus, um kaylin all of them jumped on that train we all watched it together and, and that's one that just it just keeps coming back into my brain there was that one and then one that i know for a fact that nobody here in this discord or probably nobody else in the goddamn world has heard of uh, but that is 1995's Luca uh, Berkovici's The Granny. Um, and the only way you could find this is on VHS. There is no DVD release of it. Um, but uh, this granny, she dies, and her family wants to collect her insurance. Um, well, she before she dies, she takes, like, a poison, and she becomes, like, living internal, and she battles her fucking her relatives uh, so they can't take her fortune away from her. It's It's a trip. It's super fun. Sounds amazing. (laughs) Yeah, I really, really wish somebody would give this like a, a like a a better release than just this this VHS because it deserves it. Vincent, kids, please, please, Vincent. Wow, now more than ever. This is the same director that did Ghoulies. Yep, and Rockula. Holy shit! Yeah. <laughs> it just shot up to the top of my watch list. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's definitely out there. Uh, but it's a, it's a lot of fun. I fucking found this in a, in a, uh, like a Goodwill dump bin like many years ago, and I was like, oh, this is. L-. I mean, the cover alone like screams to me. Uh, so let's just try this out. And I put it on, and I've seen it like well over fifteen times since, and I really, yeah. really like it. Yeah, I love it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably it's I'm probably hyping it up more than what it deserves. It probably is like a terrible movie in all regards, but I really think it's fun. For well, that's record, what like if you see weird arm motions. I'm not touching myself. I'm petting my cat. <laughs> Either way, it's fine. <laughs> it's rule two of the rules. Remember. Um, also, <laughs> Ant Man's dog made an appearance too. So. Oh yeah, dude, she keeps she multiple keeps times. Coming, yeah. yeah. Their cat too. Their cat walking around. Yep, they just love to be out here. This is where I also work too. So when I'm trying to work, they're bothering the hell out of me. Yeah, they day. come to you. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> I like to pet them. It gives me it keeps my anxiety down. Absolutely, we love the furry babies a yeah, lot. Yeah. yeah. Um. I guess. Uh, do you guys want to do the list, or do you think? 
we what time is it up pretty good uh it's, it's 10 04 so 11 04 oh, your time 11 04 for me i should probably i should probably just wrap it up i don't know if we yeah. necessarily need to make a list i think we yeah, I, I, don't, yeah. I, think, I think we covered and celebrated cult horror in a really rightful fashion so definitely yeah, it was a lot of fun i enjoyed that a lot Likewise. yeah it was a great episode um before we end i do want to just shout out a few things especially carlos's film which i had the pleasure of watching the other day um i know we've talked about it so much on the podcast i just wanted to come full circle and say it's really damn good and i just want to congratulate him on a really incredible filming experience and congratulations on all the festivals too man man thank you so much why are you so kind to me <laughs> <laughs> i don't know man i always i question it every day <laughs> no, yeah. but i don't know do you have like information about the festivals or you want to share because i know fans like came to see the film which is crazy so i don't know if yeah, there's anything so, coming up yeah so um it made its first appearance at the uh, locals only film festival on Friday. I mean, on Thursday, October 12th. Um, and that was from the, um, um, the um, Atlanta film society. And they're known to be like the biggest film organization in the state. So I was like really honored that they took my shit. I mean, even though it's locals only and they are probably don't get like as many right. submissions as their normal film festival. I still think they had like f- over 50, entries and they only took eight so it was pretty cool they took my shit um that's crazy yeah and it was that was a great experience it was like a bunch of people there it was at my favorite art theater in atlanta and it was a packed crowd in that theater and i got to meet a bunch of filmmakers and other people that work in film and just got to meet a bunch of cool people um I met somebody there as well that know that that knew about my channel. He didn't come to see my film, but he just came because he just see he's part of the local film community. And when he saw that, like I went up there for the Q and A, he's like, "Holy shit, that's Carlos from the Misfit Pond." Um, <laughs> so um, you know, I got to meet him afterwards, and it was really cool. But yeah, that was a great experience. And then on the day, the next day was at the Atlanta Horror Film Festival, and that one was a so-so experience. Um, because I had a 3.30 p.m. slot and there was only like maybe six or seven people in that, like in that theater total. So I didn't get like the most eyes on it or whatever, which is a little underwhelming. But um, I was the only one, I was the only local filmmaker that showed up for that block. So I was the only one up there alone just doing a Q&A. Um, and I took some questions from the audience. I got some pretty cool questions from the audience about my film. And then, you know, after it was done, you know, um adam came up to me and i met him for the first time and he actually specifically came out to the film festival to watch my film because he said he had recently started uh following my channel and stuff and he saw that i posted about it and he lives in georgia so we just came down for it and it was an honor it was it was an absolute honor and a and, and a pleasure meeting him he's just a really great dude and um so that was just really fucking cool and um yeah i mean it's it's been it's been a great experience so far um who knows? It's all. I mean, I just finished the film and I got it out as soon as I can to make it into those festivals and it, and they got in. So I'm I'm really looking forward to the future that this that this film holds for me. Um, I mean, I'm hope it, it's my most experimental film by far. So I am a bit worried about that. I mean, production wise, it's by far like the best. The like, quality, it looks amazing in my opinion. 
Um, but like in terms of vision and style, that's my most experimental and least accessible film. So I w- I'm wondering if that's going to hinder my chances in getting into some film festivals going forward. We'll just have to wait and see. Um, but no, uh, beyond that, I'm going to be running uh, my own film festival on my channel uh, next Sunday. Um, and at the very end of that stream, which probably late at night, I'm guessing like 1130 or 12, um, then I'm going to showcase my newest film there at the very end. And then after that, I'm going to just upload the film on my channel for like maybe a week or two just so people can watch it and give me feedback and stuff. And then that's it for now. Right now, that's the plan when it comes to my films, like public release. Um, but yeah, after those two weeks, I'm going to take it down. So um, just so I have more chances to get in, into some film festivals, because some film festivals are like cunty about like your film being out there <laughs> out in the public sphere or not. Sometimes they just oh, want absolutely. Um, absolutely. So. But yeah, um, thanks for asking. Yeah, uh, it sure. was, uh, you fucking gave me the floor to talk about my film and everything, and I appreciate that. I went on for a while, so thank you. No, yeah, dude, that was anytime. Um, and I, I messaged you, cutie, Carlos. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, was that you're such a cutie? <laughs> oh, thank you. You're a cutie, Charlotte. I know. <laughs> we all know that. that was, it was adorable. Um, <laughs> I was going to say real quick, I, I messaged you this earlier, but like I'm making my own short like next week. So to see like you doing so well with it oh and, and watching your thing, um, it just like gave me much more of a confidence boost. So I appreciate that. Um, oh, dude, I fucking love that for you. That's yeah. awesome. I'm glad I, I'm um, glad that I was able to do that for you. I had no idea, dude, that good luck with your with your film. Is, is, is this your first time making a short film or? No, I mean, I was I went to film school um, and, yeah. you know, made a lot of shitty stuff back in the day, uh, <laughs> took a break, focused more on like writing and all that stuff. Long story short, I just trying to get back into it. It's been like pre quarantine since I made something for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is like a, a long time passion. It doesn't have the budget of yours, but it's got, you know, I got a pretty decent crew, um, a lot of actors that I really admire. So I'm hyped. Um, and, oh, you awesome. know. Just seeing like my friends make stuff, it always just inspires me to just take the leap and do it. So, yeah, that, that's, that's awesome. why I want to bring it up, man. That's gonna be fun. Yeah, yeah. Thank that, you. That's, that's gonna be a that's gonna be a great experience, man. Yeah, I'm excited and nervous. Um, you know the feeling of just like you're gonna <laughs> just sleeping the night before a shoot is tough, but um, I'm I'm very hyped at the same time. So, yeah, enough about that. Uh, about me but i just want to thank our other guests charlotte and ant-man like honestly you guys are my some of my favorite guests i've ever had on the show from this episode and the kids episode like you guys just offer so much um more than this podcast deserves so thank you guys just sincerely um anything you want to part words with you know but before we end this uh thank you for having me on again anytime i get a chance to talk about film specifically especially horror uh makes me really happy um shameless plug here i don't care uh oh yeah of course i am wearing my band's new shirt god butcher if you have never heard of us uh check us out we're on apple uh spotify youtube uh god butcher album is neurosis uh, there you go. That's it. Uh, but yeah. for real though, like, thank you for, for having me on, man. Like it's, it's, I don't really get to talk about this, especially these kinds of films. 
um, very much because nobody in my circle, I live in bumfuck Texas. Like nobody here gives a shit about any of that kind of stuff unless you're from Austin and I, I'm not from Austin. Um, so it's usually just me talking to myself <laughs> or just discovering <laughs> shit on my own. So it's really cool to like, you know, uh, talk about it with other people. And then of course, get some other, other films like, like dude, Charlotte is, is the queen of recommending some based ass horror films that like I never Absolutely. heard of. So and kids movies too. Yeah. 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 Definitely. <laughs> and I just want to say, I've heard, I've heard, I think, two songs from Ant-Man's band, God Butcher, and they fucking slap. They are really good. And I'm not just saying that, like, because, oh, he's my friend, I got to say it. Like, I, I'm, i like, in music snob. People know me, like, especially when it comes to metal, I can be <laughs> I can be kind of an asshole. But, like, legitimately, his music is right up my alley, and it's, like, really good. Like, not only is it produced well, like, the sound quality, but, like, there's a lot of creativity poured into it, and I, I really enjoy it. So please check it out. I think it's awesome. Thanks, and the t-shirts are fucking sick. You should. Buy I was gonna say the designs oh, yeah. are Ant Man. Yeah, uh, designs are awesome. Yeah, this one is for Cyanide Hangover, so it's it's the people dead at Jonestown, surrounded by the Kool Aid or the Flavor Aid barrel, and then on Kool-Aid. the back, <laughs> yeah, it's Flavor Aid has to be Flavor Aid. <laughs> and on the back, it's uh, a a news article from our newspaper here that says three hundred people found dead in a God Butcher pit, uh, which I think is funny. That's insane. <laughs> yeah. We'll but see how yeah, so we'll see fitting, how that goes. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. But yeah, check no, out check out the work. music. I'll put it in the link of the video for sure. If you're cool with that. Yeah, hundred percent. I'm cool with it, dude. I appreciate yeah. the the kind words and the, and the feedback. Of course. Yeah. And Charlotte, any anything you want to end on? I just want to say thank you for having me again. It's always a pleasure. Thank you for giving us the space to talk about um films that we love and just to hang out with some of my favorite people is always a real treat um in the words of amore i love you guys so much <laughs> god oh. the impressions are on point today yeah amore is so pure i love him oh yeah i gotta get him on the pod that's definitely oh fuck that'd be awesome absolutely God, this is like the most wholesome ending to any podcast I've ever done. <laughs> usually we're like, you all. Get... <laughs> we usually end with like, let's get the fuck out because it's like <laughs> two in the morning. But yeah, genuinely, again, thank you guys so much. I, this was a joy um, and I always appreciate it. Um, subscribe to our channel, all that stuff, blah, blah, blah. Happy Halloween. Um, we love you all. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.